The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Hello, Mr. Joseph Rogan. How are you, sir? Good, brother. What's crack-a-lacking? Nothing, man. Had so much fun last night. Thank you. Appreciate it. Had a fun show. Welcome to God's country. It was wonderful. Me, you, (laughs) Brian Simpson, Tony. Fun times. So fun, dude. Cheers, brother. Cheers, man. Cheers to you. Hans Kim. Yeah, Hans Kim. That's the first time I've seen him live. He's a funny motherfucker. Dude, I thought when he walked in there... What is that? A little bit of balcones. uh, (sighs) uh, When he walked in the room, he took off his helmet... And he had a jacket on, and I was like, this dude bought a bike, huh? I was like, what kind of bike do you have? He's like, it, it's a scooter. I was like, oh. He goes, but it's he's- very fuel efficient. That's how he thinks. <laughs> dude, he's got the getup, though. He has the helmet, the jacket, matched his shoes. I was like, for sure. a motorcycle. He's got to get a bike. Well, right. there was a bike out back, and I was like, oh, is that Han's bike? That's a nice bike. You know what? He should have a Harley. Mm-hmm. Han should have a Harley. <laughs> Handlebars. So many. Uh, no, no, though, those are stupid. <laughs> you can't steer. Why would you drive around in a bike that's like very important to get the fuck out of way of stuff? Yeah. And your arms are up like this. Like you, you don't, you do not have good leverage. Although if you're lanky, it looks cool. Like lanky dudes, it's kind of like a vibe for them to. You know what I mean? It's like a style choice. It's, I it's, have a it's, real it's, problem with those handlebars. Yeah. Well. You're I love the, those You're not the bikes. tallest guy. That's you that's know, true that's too. Tough. That's tough. But even if I was, I mean, even if you made it to my body. Like, yeah, like here. Yeah. Yeah, it's still stupid. It still looks dumb. You're I, gonna... Like this. This you could steer. <laughs> right there. Like the race car, the, the racing bike guys, yeah. why do they have their handlebars down there? Why? Because that's the best way to steer. Yeah, it's efficient. Look at that. <laughs> Come on, son. That's fucking preposterous. Yeah, but dude, that the style is kind of, like there's something about that's it that makes cool. me go, that's fucking yeah. wild. There's something about well, that's not terrible. No, like, what that guy's got and that fucking the front of that thing is badass. sick. Yeah, that it's is sick. Hans on that, that'd be sweet. Oh, Hans <laughs> on one with a skull, and look at the back end of it. Look yeah. at all that metal and shit. Look, I like Hans. He's putting that thing down in three hours. No, Hans can handle things. <laughs> Hans is a black belt in Taekwondo. Is he? Yeah. What oh, was that shit. skull yeah, one? I was a kid, I think. Well, showing that skull. Motorbike. That is wild. They do some wild shit with bikes. Yeah, that's you know, I, I went for a period of time where I took motorcycle classes and I was ready to ride a bike. But then a dude that I worked with on Fear Factor crashed and fucked up his shoulder. And then Frank Mir, who worked for the UFC, he got hit by a car and broke his leg and took him out of action for like, he was really never the same again. He was like one of the best in the world. Well, he's, he's one of the best in the world for a long time, even after that. But that was like in the prime of his life. Yeah. He got his femur shattered. To the point where they, I mean, it was when you get your femur shattered, it's touch and go whether or not you lose your leg. Yeah. And he wasn't the same guy after that, that like fighting. It took a long time before he really got his groove back. Did you have a bike? Did you ever own no, a bike? No, no. So the, then I, that happened. And then a friend of mine saw somebody get hit on a bike all within like two weeks while I was taking classes. And I was like, fuck this. And a bunch of the guys that I worked with on Fear Factor, we all went to the classes together. And then, you know, a couple guys that worked uh, in production, and one of the guys that was a stunt guy, and we we all were like, hey, let's get bikes. And then one of them kept it. One one takes his fucking bike everywhere now, and I always envy him. Yeah. Like that rebel, that wild (laughs) motherfucker, he just rides his bike. He says it's the best. He goes, I'm never in traffic. He goes, I ride my bike everywhere. He's a single guy. Yeah. He just gets around. I've thought about it, man, over the years, but I'm sketched out about other people. One of my closest childhood friends, him and his wife, both rode professionally like he would do motocross and all that shit and trick shows internationally. That's where he met his wife overseas. And they both gave it up because she, 
don't know if she was with them or saw it happen. One of her good friends die on a bike, and she was like, "That's it, never, never again." And both of them, and dude, he was the the whole time I knew this kid when we were teenagers. He was a fucking nutbag. I mean, he loved bikes, love anything mm. with two wheels that he could fly. He loved it. And then as soon as that happened, it was like never again, ever. Fast cars though. That's Fast it. cars, you have a little more protection. Well, oh, a lot, yeah. a lot more yeah, protection. Lot. Yeah, you can get in an accident, and not get hurt at all. I was telling you, somebody rear-ended my Porsche mm. in back in L.A. Mm-mm. and didn't get hurt. That was like fascinating time because I was doing a lot of yoga. I was doing yoga like three times a week, and uh, I did it that day. And when the guy hit my car, I was like, "Well, what are you gonna do?" Like, Calm. Literally, didn't it? Didn't it's, it was wild. I was like, this is fascinating. I'm not mad at this dude. The guy didn't have a license. He was yeah. illegal. And I go, what are you doing, man? And he goes, I had to work. I'm like, it's a good answer. <laughs> it's a fucking solid answer. The guy has to work. And I'm putting yeah. myself in his shoes. I'm like, the fuck would I do if I snuck over here? Yeah, fuck it. I'd, I'd fucking drive too, man. He yeah. just, unfortunately, he was on his phone. And there was, uh, they had stopped the lanes to move everybody into one lane. And he didn't see it in time. And he slammed on his brakes and yeah. just fucking plowed into me. I got hit. Uh, I got hit in my neighborhood. The woman. It was like <clears throat> this is my first like car accident. I've been like fender bender stuff. You know what I mean? But this was like actually we got hit si- on our side, and I time slowed down a little bit. Like it was creepy as shit because I hit the brakes. I had enough time to brake horn turn. I did it, it almost like simultaneously, like Ba-da-da! and I started to slide away from her because I could see she wasn't looking. She came flying out of a driveway. Her head was the other way, and oh. as soon as she turned. I swear to God, like out of a fucking movie, like our, uh, I zoomed in on her eyes. Like I saw oh her fucking God. eyes and then smoked us right in the Oof. side. Everybody was fine, but that was like the first time I got into like a real car accident. Legitimate. Because mm. I've been, you know, nicked, bumped, whatever, but nothing like that. That was. I had my Land Cruiser built with rock sliders <laughs> and metal bumpers just in case it got hit. <laughs> yeah. Because when you have a Land Cruiser and it's elevated, so it's elevated. It's got like a four-inch lift yeah. and like serious off-road. It's an apocalypse car. It's got a giant gas tank. I literally got it because I, I had like, I don't trust LA. Yeah. I'm like, if shit goes sideways, you got to be able to drive over these hills. Yeah. Like I need something that can get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like something like if you're on a road and then like the, did you hear about those people that died in uh, California? This is not, it, it, I don't think you could have done anything in this circumstance, but they were trapped on a road during a wildfire and the wildfire was moving so fast it killed everybody that was on the road no burned them alive in their cars that's where you get a land cruiser but yeah but even then it wouldn't have helped it was a bad example you're trapped. The evidence trapped there too but the point is like if you have a car you can't go that way or that way like right. you're not going over hills you no. know but if you have like a legitimate four-wheel drive off-road vehicle it opens up a lot of terrain to you you yeah. can move around better yeah and this is a dumb thought but i was like okay and also steel all around it so, like, if someone plows into me from the side, they're going right into those giant steel rock sliders. Yeah. Everything's metal around you. So it's really good for side impacts. How much longer until you get a, a jetpack? I'm not getting a jetpack. Come on, dude. No, I, w- I will not be an early adopter of oh, jetpack. Oh, I do. I don't skydive. If I had the money, I would jetpack the fuck all, uh, everywhere. They only go for... I, I knew this dude back when I used to do the radio in uh, Denver, and... Um, they had this uh, this fucking guy who's a jetpack guy, 
and this guy had been do- using these experimental jetpacks, and he had no knees. His knees were destroyed. Because you have to land Because he had fucking blown his knees out. Yeah. But this guy kept doing it. So, like, <laughs> before the launch, this guy has to strap his knees in. So he has, like, these crazy braces and strapping his knees down and Velcroing this. I go, what are you doing? And he goes, dude, I've blown both my knees out. They're both useless. But he's still flying around in this fucking jetpack. I would do it. And it could <laughs> only yeah. back then it could only go up in the air for thirty seconds. Yeah, but now they now they last a long time. How I saw the do dude last? doing it over the you have to look it up how long it I saw a guy doing it like over a body of water. Legitimately, it looked like two minutes. He was just chilling above the water. They have some with wings now. Have you seen the ones with wings? No. Yeah. See, dude, that this they is caught what I want. some dude flying around near the airport with it. There was like reports of him. <laughs> in restricted airspace. Yeah. Like the one like place you can't go. N- near where jets go. <laughs> this fucking crazy ass. <laughs> Psycho. I want to be near jets. Imagine doing ecstasy and flying around in a jetpack. Oh, LAX yeah. jetpack mystery. Pirates report seeing man with jetpack flying near planes above LA. <laughs> <laughs> that's so wild. See, that's awesome. Remember, we were. I used to have a joke about it. Where, where, where the fuck are the jetpacks? Like This was in like 2005. Well, we're here. And I thought we'd have jetpacks and robot fuck dolls. That's what I thought we'd have Did by you now. See the, well, uh, you, were, you were two for two, man. That's close. Car. What? Air car. What is this? It shows it's at CES. Oh, my God. It says it's really, it works, and uh, I don't know wh- how we're going to use it, but it's a four-seater air car. It's Wait, like a it, drone. Does it not have a video whoa. of it, of the, of a test, of like a test run I or some shit? it does, yeah, yeah. Fuck it yeah. says pre-order. I ain't pre-ordering shit, bro. I need to hear some reports. <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> test like it a, out, man. Take it for a couple uh, trial runs. It's like an Uber version of it. Like what? So you could just Uber. get it? Oh, that's cool. You video. remember that rental car company? Does that car still company still around? Where you had an app and you could just rent a car and they would dr- drive it right to you? Yeah, I think though. I think so. They're still around? That's cool Look how at it this transforms. Thing. Yeah, it's a drone. It's like a drone oh, car. Oh my God. And uh, drones today, have you seen those competitions where they have like drone competitions? It's unreal. Where they have cones and poles and holes you have to fly through. And they. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, those get, things are incredible now. Get stoned and watch the ones where they go through the buildings. That, that dude, it's like you're on a ride. It'll go through building windows, sideways, flip upside down, go through different hallways. Like, this shit oh, is whoa. insane. That would be so dope in VR. Yeah, that's what I mean. He'll flip upside down, go through another little oh tiny holes. God, that's how they're the controlling control. it. They have a headset on like a VR headset, and they're watching it in first person. Oh, my God. The control this guy has is incredible. Yeah, it's unreal. These things are amazingly agile. So this is a this see if you can find those competitions, Jamie. Like, because I was watching them on uh, Instagram the other day, that where these guys were flying through doorways and little, you know, like they had made a doorway, and it's like they have an obstacle course. Oh, this one's all lit up with neon. That's <gasps> so cool. Oh my god, this I don't is know how hard to be to memorize the course to know where the turns are. Because well, you remember when so we used fast. to play Quake? Dudes would memorize maps. Yeah, I guess right. It's, it's Same thing. Over over yeah, again. guys would. Well, this looks like he's following that light. Do you see that light in front of him? <laughs> probably mm. one in front. That's like yeah. a trail in front of him. So maybe that's. I know they also have the like they have this. I also saw someone doing a sim of a fishing sim. We had a real life fishing pole hooked up to a device that was tracking like a tuna he was pulling. But they have these also where you can just practice this with a real handset. And you're flying it like it would be, but it's all fake. It's all on a computer. I, the, oh the first question I'd be like, so when I crash this, what does it cost? Because I'm crashing that fucking thing immediately. Oh, like, yeah. That's so hard. Well, to get to this guy's level, you have to fuck around with regular drones for a long time. Mm. What do they cost? I, don't, I literally don't know. A couple thousand. There's another thing I just saw. It, w- it looked like a very goofy video online. I'll try to find it real quick. It's like these, but they're attached to a cord, like a kite. 
mm-hmm. it's a league where you're racing someone. It's a, they, they do dog fights. But you so know, like, it's oh, wow. it's literally like everything else. Like we were just practicing driving golf balls out there it's earlier. Fun. I can't even hit it. I'm missing. I'm whacking the ground. <laughs> I can't. I, I don't know how to do it. And we're all. You guys are giving me pointers and shit, but I don't. I've never done it. I, I've, I've done it. Went to Top Golf a couple times. Just whack the ball. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. But when I'm watching you guys, it's fascinating. I'm like, how are you doing it? Because you hit it so fucking hard. <laughs> I fucking. I, I was. It's I was trying to show off for Jamie a but little dude, bit. Dude, you lie. can. You can drive a fucking golf ball. That shit is impressive as fuck. Your technique is amazing. I want you to come it's with so me. So smooth. I would love for you to see it live. I want to see it live because Jamie talks a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. I want to see you, Jamie, and Hinchcliffe going at it. Fuck yeah. I mean, no, I'll but I'm saying get you, baked and drive the car. Hell yeah. If you see pros live though. I, I don't know if you've ever seen pros in person, but it's the way that you're even this gap of you being like, I don't ever golf. And then I'm you're like, wow, dude, you're good at that. When I watch those guys, it's it's the same feeling when you go to professional sports and you're like, of that's un fucking real how yeah. good they are. It's oh, like yeah. shocking to watch live. And if you are really good yourself and you are really good at golf, then you can really appreciate. Oh, a pro. yeah, dude. Yeah. Whereas I can kind of appreciate it, but I don't know what's going on. It's sort of like with the UFC, right? Right. When when dudes scramble on the ground and like someone's like an elite jujitsu black belt, the people that are like practicing jujitsu are like, "Holy shit, look at that guy!" Yeah. Like Charles Oliveira, watch how he cinches this up. Holy shit! Right. You know when you see like golfing or we had this guy Fedor Gorst came in. But how old's Fedor? 23? 22? 22? Yeah, so, yeah. 22, 23 years old. If not the best pool player in the world, top three for sure. We came in here and we played him on that table. It was wild. Did you stand a little bit of a chance? You're I good. won the first two games. Oh, I ran, really? I ran out the first game and I, and I won the second game. Take that, Fedor. I got lucky. Well, he gave me a shot in the first game. Like, uh, I think uh, he broke and didn't have a shot on the, the um, object ball. He pushed out and I ran out. Where's he from? Something like that. He missed I ran out. I forget. He's from Russia originally. And uh, he's got a green card playing pool in the United States. But... Dude, he is incredible. Like wh- the level between me and him, right. who's like I'm like a B player, you know, probably like you are in golf. I'm like a B player, yeah. and then watching him play, like holy fuck, it's man, it's a different world. It's humiliating. <laughs> <laughs> it's he's so good, and his cue ball position is so perfect. Like when he's moving the ball around, it's so effortless and smooth, and yeah. that ball just slides right where it's supposed to go, yeah. and then. Not, it knocks that ball in, the ball slides right where it's supposed to go. And it's all the same speed. It's just this smooth, effortless stroke. Oh, my God, it's amazing. But that's what you do. That's the difference. That's what I like. I, I, I'm, you know, mediocre at best at pool, but it's because I don't have a – my fluidity is off with that. I'm not good yeah. at it. Where, like, yours is like that. That's the same thing with golf. It's like it's all fluidity. I could play – if I played every day for, like, a year, I could be a shitty pro. At like, pool. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'd go to tournaments and, you know, get knocked out and, let, like, the, I'd be in, like, the top 32 of a 50-man tournament. But you do good enough to yeah, keep up. Yeah, but, like, I could never keep up with those guys. To keep up with guys like Fedor, first of all, you have to be practicing eight hours a day for years. Yeah. It's not just that I could pick up and go eight hours a day and be as good as he is. It's not going to happen. Um, the gap is so far yeah. I would have to be like fully dedicated to being a professional pool player because all those guys that are the top of the top, they play eight, ten hours a day. Shane Van Boning, who is one of the best, if not the best in the world, he's right there with Fedor. I want to have a challenge match with him and Fedor here uh, on that table mm-hmm. and just stream it. 
when when he he would practice his break for five six hours in a row, just rack the balls like a robot, ba blam, rack the balls like a robot, ba blam, rack the balls just over and over and over. And he has a hearing aid. He has, he's deaf. He was born deaf. He just shuts his hearing aid off, so he can't hear anything. Oh, and wow. All he does is like focus on the task. That's fucking wild. And he's a monster. He's the the most evil breaker in the world. Because he'll play 10 ball and he'll break and make six balls in the break. So you're playing 10 ball, but he's <laughs> playing four ball. Because it's, it's, and it's, he's not like a big giant guy either. It's just a smooth, it's the way you're driving the golf ball, that smooth, yeah. perfect technique. That's what he has when he drives the cue ball. It's amazing. Because you don't need to be, I've noticed some of those guys, I mean, I, I know almost nothing about pool, but anytime I've seen it, like either you've shown me, is they don't not all these guys are big boys, but they hit the fucking shit out of it. Even they if they're let smaller the guys, the cue ball do the the the, the cue stick rather do the work for them though. Yeah, when they're doing it, they're not like muscling it. It's like a s acceleration of the arm, and there's a thing called a slip stroke where you actually let the cue go and you kind of catch it at the bottom of the cue. And a, and the, a lot of these old time really smooth players, they would play with a slip stroke. And when you watch the guy with a slip stroke, you're like, oh, my God. Like, you have to be so advanced to be able to play smooth and effortless with a slip stroke. You let go of it for a you fraction of a second? Of it. Fuck that. You let go of it. it I've slips, done that on accident. It slips out of your hand. You catch it. But it's because they're cradling that stick. They're not gripping it. Right. Like, if you watch someone who doesn't know how to play, they grab it like a baseball bat. But if you watch, like, Fedor or you watch, like, Efren Reyes, like, mm -hmm. the best of the best, they cradle it in their hand. They're just yeah. crate. They're barely holding on to it, and they're letting their arm move and letting the stick do the work. I'm choking it out every time. Watch this. Google Shane Van Boning makes six balls on the break. You watch this dude break, and it's. It, it, I know it's just breaking in pool, but it's perfection. It's like something. It's like you ever see Jiro Dreams of Sushi. I love. They made that dude work on the the eggs for like a year. Yeah. That's all he did was try to perfect. <laughs> and the one his son dish. did it forever. Did still didn't give him a. Didn't promote him. No, he's, he's like, like not you good suck, enough, bro. <laughs> you suck. You suck at sushi. Yeah, you suck, man. Well, it's like that. But this guy's got that with the break shot. Yeah. So it's like he's there's a Japanese term for that when you practice this one thing over and over and over again in an attempt to achieve enlightenment. Watch this motherfucker. So this is 10 ball. There's 10 balls there. Watch this. Watch the perfection of this. Watch. Ba-boom. See how smooth that shit is? Look at those balls just scattering, son. What the fuck? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like perfection. Like he just knows where to hit it. He knows what speed to hit right. it. He knows what side. Of, he's hitting the not even flat on the one ball. He's hitting it slightly to the side. Well, that one, he hit it pretty flat, actually. Is this, this is the cat that was born deaf? Yep, he's yeah. deaf. Yeah, and when he plays, he, he shuts his hearing aid off. He doesn't hear shit. You can call him whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> <laughs> he's say. out there running out on you, son. So this is the opposite of that in golf, where they're going to play in a couple of weeks in Phoenix. Yeah, that's it's right. It's called the Waste, waste Management. management. They build this giant arena around this hole. It's like 17,000 people, and they're all cheering while it's you It's a play. fucking party. It's, it's like the opposite of golf. Oh, wow. And this guy hit a hole in one. But this, how many holes is it? This, That's just on the par three. It's a normal tournament. This, and everybody goes, oh my God, that's shit. incredible. Watch how much beer they that's start throwing. People start throwing beer from the stands. That's incredible. See that? Well, they see they're all throwing shit on the fuck. See that? <laughs> Adam, come on. That's incredible. With all that pressure to do that is 
pretty fucking amazing. Wild, yeah. This is what golf should be. That's a great idea. Who came up with this idea? These guys did in Phoenix. <laughs> Waste management. Literally, the trash company. This is their. They sponsor this. That's the best golf ever. Yeah, yeah. dude. That's real golf. Yeah. So pool has a thing that's not as grand as that, but it's called the Moscone Cup. And the difference between the Moscone Cup and everything else is the crowd cheers and they go nuts. And it's USA versus Europe. So it's teams. Yeah. So like if you and I were on Team USA, you would hit a ball, like you would hit the four ball and give position for me to play the five ball and then I'd give you the six ball. And uh-huh. we'd go back and forth like that. So you and I would be playing against two people from Europe. And everyone screaming and cheering, Europe, Europe, <laughs> USA, USA. It yeah. gets wild. But then they all quiet down when the guy's about to shoot. And then it's loud again. It's loud again. Oh, see, he I makes love that. the ball. Yeah! That's just like. Uh, see if you can find Red, Moscone, Cup? Moscone huh? Cup, Cup highlights. Cup? Yeah. Find but, Moscone Cup highlights. Because now everybody kind of knows about it, and it's like the one pool tournament where you're everyone's going to scream. Yeah. Like there's no quiet in the crowd. There's no quiet. <laughs> Nobody says. Everyone's but, screaming. But they all know the yes. rhythm of it. Watch this. Sure. Dude, that's awesome. So people are screaming and cheering while these guys are playing. That's pool, man. Yeah. That's what it should be. Let's Let's fucking go! Losing it. Look at this. That was the most (laughs) awkward chest bump ever. You know why? Because they didn't want to bang up their cues. Right. They didn't want to put it to the side. They they had their. Watch how he chest bumps. They're both like, don't touch my cue. Don't fuck my cue up. (laughs) But see, I thought uh, the, the, the cue, easy, easy, easy with the cue, easy with the cue. <laughs> it's, it's like, he's got a, that's Josh Filler. He's one of the best in the world. And he's got a wood shaft. So he's got a like, hey, some guys have carbon fiber shafts. Yeah. They're a little more loosey-goosey because you can kind of bang those around. But wood shafts get a little nick in it. And then you feel it when you're playing. It bothers the shit out of you. Just a little shaft, tiny. The tiniest thing. You can't even find it. You can't right. even find it by looking at it. You have to almost be playing. And then when you feel it, you stop. And you go, where's that little motherfucker? And then you got to spit on it. You get some water <laughs> and you put it on the wood and the wood will swell back up to where it is. And then you burnish it, you get it all hot yeah. and you put a little bit more water on, the wood swells a little bit more. I can't help it. Come on, dude. You got to spit on it, make it swell. <laughs> you got to. Spit on that wood and make it swell. Spit on it. You know what that reminds me of? The 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 They just posted a clip of um, a dart championship, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and when they lose it in the background and it was the... It was like uh, I don't. They call it like a nines. Two guys have nines, uh, or something like like only nine darts. So two guys both had nines, and then the first guy obviously won. But it was like I guess this doesn't happen that often that it's only nines. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And they posted it somewhere. Oh, right here. Look, watch this fucking clip, Joe. If he wants to level up the world championship final, uh, Michael Van Gerwen. That's insane. One hundred eighty. I love these announcers. Look at the rhythm. Oh my god. <laughs> That's so accurate. That's so crazy. You can tell by the way they're scoring. This is insanity. That's insanity. Look how casual too. It's like a, dude, they fucking lose. You know what's it. funny? I know that dude probably has an English accent, but he totally looks like he'd be from Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, that guy looks. Oh, he fucked up. Son. First miss. That guy looks English, but this dude, this dude looks like he's straight out of Kansas. Yeah. Look at him. That's a corn-fed Englishman. <laughs> yeah, it's a big, big boy. Look at him. That dude could be at a Luke Combs concert. 
double 12. So sick. Suck it! <laughs> Suck it! You gotta have a crowd. Dude, that's you gotta have a so crowd. fun. I want to go to one of these so bad. Pool, one time. Pool needs a fucking crowd. They have a league starting up in about a year that's going to be indoor golf like this. Monday night's like Monday night football event. They're going to have 15,000 people watching golf like we just played on a simulator. Yeah. When it's going to be like Tiger Woods, Roy McIlroy, the best golfers in the world doing it. Wow. I wonder, as I was thinking, I was like, can you do a pool that way? You could 5, do. People. You could, but why people. Not? You you could, but people. You'd have to have like the the reason why the Moscone Cup is so good is because you have like this USA versus Europe rivalry, and right. it goes back and forth. And I think the Europeans have been winning more lately. No, can we recruit? <laughs> yeah, can <laughs> we draft? We could, well, the best <laughs> Catholic. We school? have the best people already. The, <laughs> the thing, waiver. It's like you couldn't get better people. Like the people that are already competing. Like if you wanted to start your own team, you could recruit. Yeah, but I mean, like Team USA already has the best players in the United States, and and Team Europe has the best players in well, Europe. I, I meant like, and sometimes the Olympics, um, and an American might end up playing in Italy because they have some traced grandfather. Or yeah, like, yeah, you can say, yeah, Olympics, maybe like, we get some Filipino that. cats, you know, <laughs> come over here. We'll sneak in some ties. There's Filipino guys that you never even heard of that will fucking beat anybody in the world. It's crazy how good they are. Yeah, what is it? Why, why the Philippines? Is there's a lot of dudes out of the Philippines. It's play. really popular over there. Efren Reyes, who's a legend, he's like the Babe Ruth of pool. Like when he goes to the Philippines, that guy gets fucking mobbed. Yeah. There's all these matches where him playing, he gambles still. He's old as fuck. He can't play as good as he used to. So guys have to actually give him handicaps. They give him spots. Like in, if we're playing ten ball, like say uh, he would uh, he would have to make like the seven and out, and these guys would have to make the ten, or he'd oh. have to make the eight, and they'd have to make the ten. That's a lot of gives, him. right? It's a lot of gives. Yeah. But that's just because they so they can gamble. I wouldn't say the seven and out, but maybe maybe like the eight ball out of ten. Something like, but for like, like a guy like me, if I was going to play a pro, that's how you'd play him. They would have to give you some sort of a handicap, and that's right. what they would do. Like guys, let's say you get the seven in the breaks. That means you could break every game, and you could win with the seven or the nine. Ooh, yeah, it's a big, big spot. Well, what he's really saying is, I I'm can fuck so you much up. better than yeah, you. He's, yeah, he's saying I'm going to lock than... you up. I'm going to run out on right. you. I'm going to put you in a coma. I'm going to win all the keep, games. Could you keep like in golf? You keep a handicap. Can you keep a handicap in? No, you. There's a thing called the Fargo scoring, and Fargo oh. scoring it, it calculates how often you miss, bad position play. It, it calculates uh, scratching on the break, all these different things, and you get like a number. Right. And that's your Fargo score. Bad what? safeties. If you have a bad safety and leave the ball out, that counts against your score. I think. What's your Fargo score? Do I don't you know? know. I don't know. But I was never good. I was always B level. I never got. To, I, I've won tournaments before, like a local tournament, but that's against other B players. What would a good Fargo score be? I think it's in the 900s. Oh, it's, oh, oh the yeah. more is better. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like 100 is the perfect score. And some of these guys, they'll win matches with like 937, which oh, is just insanity. That's nuts. Just insanity. They're <laughs> just not missing. <laughs> yeah. They're just. We watched this match with that kid, Fedor, where he he ran out seven racks in a row to win this set on this guy in this like high-pressure tournament. In a I'm row. Like, in a row. Just broken, ran out perfectly, seven, sh seven games in a row. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> he did that to me out here. Yeah. He did it multiple times. He he broke and ran out like four or five racks in a row. We just sitting there watching this guy break and run out, break Putting and run out, out a break and run clinic. out. A clinic. Yeah, see, that's great. It's like I love that with everything, man. I love when a guy can do that. I, I love when people can do that, especially in something that I don't even do. Because hmm. this way, like, I don't have to get obsessed and run home and try to practice. <laughs> I could just enjoy it. Yeah. You know, like when I watch Gary Clark Jr. play guitar, I get obsessed watching someone who's 
so good do something I have zero I don't understand what's happening right I know you're doing this and this the fingers <laughs> this. move I don't know what's happening yeah. other than that I just love that that I could just watch it I like it if I know I don't have that much interest in it because then I don't get jealous and and I don't right. go I want to pick one up so fucking bad oh yeah that's a problem with golf see I can't get I can't get involved with golf because I know I would love it you will everybody loves it it's so it doesn't fun. nobody takes up golf and goes this sucks everybody's like dude I'm so obsessed like yeah. Tony became a fucking straight up junkie Jamie became a straight up junkie I know I see just him from moving here fiending in the garage with the track man the guy's out there first of all he starts out normal right he started out with just like a little little uh, piece of grass and his little computer setup now he's got a net around <laughs> it and, and a new fucking radar system yeah. to tell how fast the ball's going That's right. and he's filming his himself to make sure his technique is right are you checking your your technique against something against something or no? no? You just no, just a feel. You know. Oh, you yeah. running shit through a program? Well, that's you, the next level. Yeah, that is yeah. the next level. I can, up. Hook, I can hook up three high speed cameras to that. I can send have a, my coach if I had one. It uh, goes right to his phone. Basically, why don't you have a coach? You need a coach, Jamie. <laughs> I've talked to a few people. Shout out Chris Coma. <laughs> you uh, do need a coach. I Coaching is giant. Been full, fully coached yet? I played pool for a long time before I got coached. I got coached a little bit a couple of times or a few lessons when I was starting out in the beginning, in the early days. But then uh, I met this dude, Max Eberly, who's like a professional instructor and also like a top flight pro. And he coached me. Like he, he gave me actual lessons. Yeah. And when he gives you, like you learn so much. You learn what you're doing wrong. You learn why he's doing it this way. You learn like position play. What's the right way to move a ball to another ball? Is everybody, you know, but, but like in golf, like, uh, Everyone's stroke can be different. Mm -hmm. So, like, is there a is there a single like uh, perfect stroke that no. everyone's trying to emulate? No. So it's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. Right. Everything's all weird. Like, there was a guy named Keith McCready, and he had like the greatest stroke of all time, and his arm was like totally sideways. It was <laughs> totally fucked up. Like, you're supposed to. It's supposed to be like ninety degrees. Right. From your elbow down. Yeah, if, like if someone forward. was teaching you, like, if you watch a snooker player, for example. They call it snooker. Snooker. But they're playing on a giant ass table with little tiny balls. So they have to have perfect technique. Uh -huh. The way they hit the ball is so straight and so smooth. And they make really good pool players. A lot of those guys come over and start playing pool and dominate because they're so accurate. Because they're used to these little tiny balls and they're used to having this perfect stroke. But pool players, they do all kinds of different shit. Like some guys, you got like the guys who like have that slip stroke thing going on. Yeah. You got guys who are like Keith McCready, who's the rarest of the rarest, totally sideways with his arm. Like his arm would be like this while he's playing. He wouldn't be playing like this. But it's out here. It's out, out on the side. But it works. Because he learned how to play when he was a little kid and he couldn't reach the table. Oh, wow. That's so he had to have so his arm up like there this. like this. Oh, that's so he's Because you know, the table's where his chin is. Yeah. So he's learning how to play with his arm sideways. That's like the guy... Jamie, what's a Korean guy that swings out of his shoes? You know, a little Korean guy. He literally <laughs> he flies out of his shoes. Dude, you should you should see this guy. It's the funniest shit you've ever seen. It's he is a pro golfer who has a swing like a guy who started a month ago, <laughs> and he literally will swing so hard his body will turn. He'll drop shit. Watch this guy. <laughs> That's an easy one. This is this this is. But is he good? Yeah, he's yeah. good. If you're on the PGA, look at that, dude. Oh my God, look at he falls down after he fucking. That's hilarious. That's look, hilarious. Look at on the right, Joe. Straight down the oh middle. Oh my God. Three hundred yards. Yeah, as long as it's repeatable. I mean, that's the thing with uh, with pool. It's repeatable. That's the thing right. with archery. That's the thing with a lot of things. A lot of people have goofy archery stances, but, but it if works. it's repeatable. 
Yeah. yeah. The, the question is, can is it repeatable under pressure? Because pressure is a fascinating thing. Because you you just want it to be over. You have anxiety. You yeah. rush things. You fuck things up. Mm-hmm. And you've got to learn how to stay inside your technique and inside your mindset and inside like your your pre-shot routine, even under pressure. So that's that's got to be the same with everything. So it, like that's why it's really important to learn like great technique. For if you have your own flair, you should learn how to do it right first. Like there's thousands and millions of people have been doing this. Yeah, they figured out how to do it right. You could have variations and deviations of that, but there's certain things like with Taekwondo. When I was teaching, it was very hard to teach someone who had already taken bad classes. So right. if someone had went to like a karate school and they were kicking with their knee down and they they, they had no power. It was all in the legs and not in the hips. And you would try to like teach these people under pressure, they would always revert back to their earlier form under right. sparring pressure, under fighting. When they were fighting in c- competitions, they always, when, when shit would get wild, they'd always revert and they would lose power, they'd lose speed. You lose a direct linear line to the, to the attack point. You're, you're, you're deviating. You have too much wit. Like when you see people throwing looping punches, yeah. sometimes they work. Yeah. Sometimes they work. But- most of the time, you're better off if you have that as an option, but you straight punch most of the time. Right. You Like, your hooks are clean, your straight punch is clean, but every now and then you can do some wild shit and get away with it. But you have to learn how to do everything else first. Otherwise, you leave too many openings. Yeah. You know, that's I got, I, that's got to be the same with golf. It's got to be the same with everything. So, well, yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, we, we, like, if somebody had lessons before, the, the trick is, what he knows, is like... Sometimes they have to untangle like a fucking phone wire right. what someone else has done to you because you can keep changing as you get older your body will change you know like tiger goes through it his back so he changed the way he swings like that's the same thing and your techniques have to change with time and your body and with your limits you know what mm-hmm. i mean and guys will pick a style kind of stick to it and then tweak it over time because it just you fi- you got to find the thing that like literally i i equate it to like when i used to when i started snowboarding Learning how to go to your toe side, everyone can heel side, everyone can stop like this with their back to the mountain, but face of the mountain is always so scary at first, because you're going to, you feel like you're going to catch an edge and hit your fucking head, which you do when you're starting, but once you learn your version of how to shift your weight, it's like, it's, it's riding a bike, cliche, but you immediately go, I know exactly how my body does that. Like mm. I, you, I, you feel the moment you learn it, you go, oh. Do you remember those hoverboards we had at the old studio? Oh yeah, little dude. wheelie things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. first time I got on the thing, I could not fucking stand still. Yeah. My friend Tate had to hold my arm. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I was like yeah. falling. Like you see yeah. the video of Mike Tyson falling. Yeah. Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah. Mike Tyson. Yeah. Who's a fucking better athlete than yeah. Mike Tyson? Falls on his ass riding one of those things. But then once I got the hang of it, but dude, I could just cruise around. Yeah. It's like my body knew exactly what it did, and it just goes, oh, we got a program for that yeah they plug it in plug it in and then all of a sudden i could just we were jamie and i were doing it all the time but jamie fell and broke his ass bone was, like literally broke around. his ass bone fucking around. he's gonna say he was fucking around but he wasn't he was cruising oh, he was definitely fucking around. before you do he was always was fucking film around. and do his different stuff i just took my eye off the prize for Did you break your tailbone for real no, nah, I got yeah, hurt. I don't he broke think so. Tailbone. I got hurt, though, for sure. Bro, you were hurt for a year. <laughs> probably still am All right, hurt. you broke your tailbone. <laughs> you broke <laughs> your <laughs> tailbone. covered up. I know people that have broken their tailbone. It's real similar in all the... I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I think it's real similar. <laughs> I fell on my side, you not gotta my tailbone, say it. technically, so it would have been something in my hip. No, you could break your hip bone, your your tailbone, by falling on your hip. If, if you hit... Look, anytime you're putting that kind of pressure on your hip, 
where you're falling and all your weight is going down to concrete, which is what it was. We have polished concrete floors. Yeah. You're it's immovable and you're hitting bone and all kinds of stuff goes crack. Yeah, it's gonna stuff fucking hurt. Up here goes crack. <laughs> there <laughs> goes crack. Hurt. When I fell skiing the last time I skied, I fucking crack. I got what's called an insufficiency fracture, where it fractured at the top where my shin meets my cartilage. Yeah, I was like, "Fuck skiing." Fuck that. It's fuck. Well, this. that's like the first time you snowboard. You fall on your ass, dude. It hurts so bad. Yeah. Because you just your your body's not used to that kind of fall. Not since you were a baby learning how to walk. Do you was your ass squishy enough to bounce? Now you get older, dude. Uh -uh. You break. Yeah, it hurts. My boy Shane Dorian, he's a world champion big wave surfer. He was snowboarding a year and a half ago, two two years ago actually, and just blew his fucking knee out, man. It let, slammed into a tree. And this uh. is a guy who's a professional surfer. I think he tore his ACL and his MCL. He had to get surgery. And then we, we hooked him up with Ways to Well here in Austin. They stem celled him. And uh, fixed his knee. Fixed his shit fast. Yeah. Well, fixed it after he'd gone through a, a lot of rehabilitation. But that was the big thing that really helped him and pushed him over the edge and got him back to it. But Yeah, it gets scary. When that's you, what it, you're it, a fucking pro surfer? Yeah. To be doing that? That seems so insane to me. Yeah, but snowboarding is so fun. It must man. be so exciting. Riding down a fucking mountain is so fun. My buddy just broke a couple ribs. He was, he was with his mm. kids and... We got this weird text chain that was like, hey, did you hear what happened? You know, and at first you're, whenever you hear skiing shit, I immediately are like, scary. What the fuck happened? Right. Luckily, all he did was break a few ribs and, I mean, he's fucked up, but he's fine. Bro, you know we what lost I mean? Sonny Bono. <laughs> I know, dude. God Sonny, bless. We miss Sonny you, man. Bono, we lost Sonny Bono to a lost fucking him. tree. Got him. The tree got him. The tree got his ass, Jeff. Boom. Don't fuck with those trees. Bro, that must be a horrible way to go. I do not I do you not see go the in tree there. and you know there ain't a goddamn thing you could do to stop that motherfucker. No thanks. Boom. I'm sticking I'm sticking to where I'm supposed to. Woo! People are ballsy that go off you know, if you're really good, people do it all the time, but I'm not I don't need that shit. Yeah. I don't need to just clip a tree. So many people get hurt skiing. I mean it's very fun, but boy, is that a that's a there's a lot of orthopedic surgeons in Aspen. Yeah, they're like, keep skiing, man. Yeah. We keep love it. Keep going. Get I want to buy there, a Ferrari. <laughs> I want to buy a Ferrari. Come on. my sixth house, man. Get up yeah. to that. Get up to that mountain. Yeah, man. But you fucking, you get a thrill. You get some juice out of it. The guy with the fucking jetpack. There's a reason why he had all those straps on his knees. I want that so bad, dude. Just get one for me, will you, so I can See come if you use can it? find the jetpack with the wings, the guy flying a jetpack with wings. Because I, I saw one of those. I was like, oh, this is next level jetpack. Because this is like a movie. Yeah. And then does he tip forward with the wings? Or does he stay right upright? I'm not sure. This is a little different. This guy's got a wingsuit on with some jet-powered... Oh fuck! Holy shit! Oh my god! Go <laughs> <laughs> How fucking! Oh my god! That's so insane! That's, that's nuts. The wingsuit's insane. Period. Um, period. My boy Andy Stumpf had the world record at one point for the longest wingsuit flight. How long was it? It's the same thing. <sighs> oh my god! Look at how high know. this dude is. They dropped him out of space, though. I know that. Oh, Red Bull did that. I saw that, right? No, that's a different one. Okay. Maybe it was Red Bull. Who who did the Andy Stump one? See, there was a big sponsor. So you could find Andy Stump. Because he was right. He was just outside of our world record uh jump. Wingsuit yeah. squirrel suit. I call it a squirrel suit. Yeah, that was yeah, I think that was the one I saw. He jumps out of like a little cage. Yeah, that's it. That's Andy. So Oh, this wasn't the one I saw, yeah. I so saw the one he from hops space. Out this fucking thing. And, you know, look how high he is. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. He's got oxygen on. 
<laughs> so high up there. Andy's such a psycho. He loves that shit. 17.5 miles, jeez. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> he flew 17.5 17 17 miles, miles yeah, just... in that squirrel suit. <clears throat> Look at this. Literally has oxygen on. There's That's, no air up yeah, there. 35,000 feet. 35,000 feet. He's up there with a plane. <laughs> that is so crazy. Oh, my God. He's going 141 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> That's as fast as you drive a golf ball. Yeah, dude. That's insane. No, you were driving. What was your your top one today? 164. Yeah, he what knows. Is, what is the fastest you've ever done? I think the fastest on the track, man, was about 170, right around there. Wow. Like, what's top of the food chain, like, pro? Look up what, I think, look up what, uh, yeah. I think Berkshire, 225? 25, I think so. He's a, what the he's a fuck? long drive guy, though. What the fuck? Have you seen these guys? Yeah. Well, I've seen those guys that do that thing where they step and they drive into it. That, yeah. You know, those, those. That's him. Is he's, that him? Yeah, he's a long drive dude, and he, show him, show him in a long drive competition. This. See, no, oh get, my God. Go to a competition, Jamie, where he's outside, where you can see him hit it outside because it's the, like this, Joe. This, watch this ball flight. Look I at that. putting those videos up on my oh, channel. I love the dude's it. hair. Yeah. 390 yards, Joe. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> That's so far. But this so, guy's swing speed is, look, you yeah, see it right there, 217. Oh, my God. Ball speed. Club is 150. <laughs> yeah, they sent him to Mesquite, Nevada, and they go down this range. Oh my God! And this Justin James cat, he got three ninety. Three ninety. So he's going to beat it. He's got eight chances to beat it. Oh my God! But you only get eight ball. That's it. Like he has to beat it within this, otherwise he's he's out. So that's why he'll take his time for a second and set up. He's on a clock, but you know, bro, you gotta love the hair. Oh, it's the he's the he just cut it though. Sadly, no. Yeah, he cut why would it. he do that? I don't fucking know. Look at that mane. Four hundred sixty yard drives here. Four sixty. What? Yeah. Yeah. Watch this. Watch how he. And it's got to be Joe inside these lines too. So you can't just hit it anywhere. It's got to be within the this within this field. Look at that. <laughs> that was just a cold 415. Oh my god, that's amazing. And that's swarming up. He's just getting fucking started. Now I understand why Tiger would blow his back out doing this. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly why. Now I get it. So much torsion. Yeah. The best golfers in the world, you'll see like guys like Ricky Fowler, uh, Size-wise, I mean, like they're skinny guys, they're tiny guys. Some of these guys, but they can pipe it because it's all torque down. It's all below. Right. A lot of guys think it's all upstairs. Everybody wants it to be like a fuck. Like you want to fucking hit. Mm -hmm. You have a hammer, dude. Everybody wants to go this way. Yeah. But the problem is, it it has so much to do with your lower body snapping you yeah, into this the ball. Probably the best. Tiger says he's got the best swing. He has the. Roy has the best swing. And mm -hmm. see how much torsion is in his lower body. His see that how it yeah. snaps his lower body through. That's incredible. Look at his technique, too. Look at the finish of it. It's, it's funny that that other guy's so wacky. <laughs> I know. See? But <laughs> when you see that, when well, you this, see that perfect Rory's, technique. Rory's top in the world. That other guy is good, but he's nowhere near this. Mm. He's That guy's good, but he's not. This is different. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. That guy's going to make money and do well for the rest of his life, but top, top shit, Rory's got to yeah, be. It's almost like a difference. Those dark guys, it's just if you throw a, f a fastball baseball pitcher up there to just throw against them, like, but they're throwing those little darts at the thing, and the other guy's just throwing fast as fuck. Right, There's right, a big difference right, here. right, right. Yeah. It is amazing watching people learn to do something that's really hard to do. Yeah. And getting really good at it. When you watch someone do acrobatics or you watch Cirque du Soleil, you're like, what the fuck? Absurd. How? Have you seen the one where they jump in the water? Which one? Uh, um, the Cirque du Soleil... Uh, Le Rev, 
Did you ever heard of this? No. Bro, I don't even know if it's around anymore, but when I went to Vegas one time, I got fucking baked out of my mind and went to see them. <laughs> and dude, I audibly, like an old lady, I'd be like, ah, because I got nervous. <laughs> they would jump in these little tiny, tiny holes from like 70 feet up, just into a little tiny, but if they missed, they, they're dead. The, the floor moves underwater. Oh my God. So you'll watch it raise up underwater shift heights they'll climb up from one of the and acrobatically climb to the other one and then it'll drop into the water out of nowhere and then it'll raise up a little tiny window they have to dive into dude it's have you seen uh la rev i think is what it was called it will i don't know if it's around but if it's still around go see it because that, that was the so wildest dangerous. shit i've ever seen oh dude every show to me has to be such a high level of precision there is no like you know when like a band is like dude you missed that fucking right you can't miss shit. You're not missing a chord. <laughs> it's your neck in the water. I saw, I saw it years the, ago. The Beatles one at the Mirage. Oh yeah, I think I know. I think Love. I saw that. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Fucking great. Dudes on rollerblades doing flips it's, and shit too. But it's the music. You, you, it also you sort of rediscover the music of the Beatles. Like you forget how good their music was sometimes. So good. And when you hear it in that amazing arena where they have the Cirque du Soleil and the sound is incredible and the visuals are incredible. Yeah. You're like these guys, unreal. God in, damn! In sh you watched the documentary, I'm sure, and it was like, what shocked Hard me the most? Night. Yeah, what shocked me the most was how short of a time they were doing it. Yeah, this wasn't like a 30 year span mm -mm. where you're like, dude, the band made hits forever. No, this was a little baby window. They destroyed, and then poof, like that, it's gone. Yoko Ono, Yoko came in, and fucked it all up. I know that's my Bobby Lee, dude. Came in and fucked it all up. Did you ever read the? Um, <laughs> did you ever read Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers? No, but I've heard you talk about it's it. It's a great book, yeah. and one of the chapters in the book is about the Beatles, and it's about how the Beatles went to Hamburg, and they were playing in a strip club, and they were playing like eight hours a day. So they were playing so much, and they were so like tightly tuned. They went to, back to Liverpool like, a couple of years later, and everybody's like, "What the fuck happened?" Yeah, like what? They were just so tight and so smooth. Did they go to Hamburg just to get just to like do that, a run, to do a work. residency? Yeah, they went to work, and so they're they're doing these shows, and they're they're performing together eight hours a day. And so they're writing all these new songs, and they're performing, and I think they had, had to do covers too, and they're just fucking. Putting, tightly putting in the work man yeah just like tightly coordinated yeah like Cirque du Soleil with music watching you know watching Paul uh make like like improv so to speak get back mm -hmm. watching that was I don't think I've ever seen any footage of something so magical happening that they were able to capture when he's like when you hear him mm -hmm. just humming out what he thinks the words might be, yeah. dude, I, I was like, I can't. You're we're witnessing like little magic go yeah. off in his brain. You're watching his synapses fire into being like, get back. What is that? Get back. Get back. And you see, find once he finds it, mm. everything else kind of like It's almost like when you're tripping and you see one thing, and then it exposes all this other stuff, and you're like, yeah. I see all of it now. That's exactly what that looked like to me, that he found Get Back, and it was like, get back to where you once belong. I was like, holy shit. A lot of those guys do that. Yeah. R Rick Rubin talked about that on the Humming podcast. Humming it out. They sort of like make up words and yeah. shit. And then they start putting words where the sound is. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, they just sort of like feel it. They feel it. Whatever the beat is, they start just talking over it and shit. But then in my stony brain, I think... Did their brain already know the words and it, they were just trying to find it? 
Do you know what I mean? Maybe. Like the <laughs> I always wondered that about Jay Z. Like, Jay Z is so impressive. Like the way he he can like ad lib lyrics. Oh. Like Rick Rubin was talking about how they'll, they'll play a beat and he'll go in listen to the beat and just flow with the yeah. beat. Like like it's stuff that he wrote for weeks and weeks. But he never wrote anything down. No. That always blew my mind. Wild, wild. Like you, I sadly want him to have written one thing down, even that, though that ability is incredible. But then there's guys like Nas, who I think is the best lyricist ever. And Nas writes things down, and you can tell yeah. he writes things down. Oh, yeah. Because he'll like he'll do a rap backwards. Like, he'll do the whole... Remember that song, Reverse? I love that song. That yeah. song's incredible. Yeah. That is, like, one of the most lyrically complicated and beautiful songs ever in the history of hip-hop. And it also has the ability to just toss in there, he's getting a blowjob and throws up. That's also my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> he's a poet, and... He- He's like, she's like, he spits the nut back into my, spits the nut back into my dick. The drink goes back into my cup. I throw up, dude. It's, yeah. it's so cool how he was able to tell that story backwards, but also still keep it in his vibe. Do you know what I yes. mean? Like he didn't break character. It was still Nas telling a story like yeah. Nas would. It didn't get corny at any point or like change shape. His new shit is great too. I his love new Nas. shit. He he stays fantastic. He stays relevant. Like if you're uh, a, like a Nas fan, you will not be disappointed. His new I shit is just like his old shit. It's great. That He's was the so hip hop that I like. Jamie and yeah. I talk sometimes about hip hop, but I the new stuff. I some new shit I I like a lot, but it, uh, you know stuff like bro, Illmatic and hip hop is dead. Yeah, come on, son. That song comes. So <laughs> that song comes on. You're like, oh shit. Yeah. There's a few songs when they come on. I'm like, oh shit. You know, Gravel Pit by Wu-Tang Clan. Oh, love. When that song comes on, check out my gravel pit. As soon I'm as that comes me. on, that's like one of them songs that just, you just start moving. Well, I had, I had uh, Pharrell Monch on tour. I would come out to Pharrell Monch, Simon Says. Do you know that song? No. Dun, 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 dun. You know it, don't Let you? Let me hear it. Dun, 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 dun. It's dude. Oh, I'm sure I know. Simon Says. I come out to this song because I loved it so much. But the crowd would lose their fucking mind. This is from 13 years ago. Yeah. Trippy-ass music video. I miss music videos. This is MTV. That's how I feel it shows. Oh, yeah. Get the fuck up. Simon says, get the fuck up. Throw your hands in the sky. in the back, sipping yak, Girls, rub on your titties. That's my favorite line. Yeah, fuck it. I said it. Rub on your titties. He's So I was coming out to this. And then for the special, I wanted to use it. And... DJ Premier, who has, is a fan of comedy and knows, like, he knows Segura, and I reached out to him out of the blue. I was like, hey, man, I hope I'm not crossing lines here. Would it be cool if you reached out to Pharaoh about me licensing that song for the special? And it's widely known in the hip-hop world. Most, like, old hip-hop heads, they love that song. And I was like, I, know if, I don't know if I can afford it or whatever, but would you mind? And shout out to, shout out to him, because within seconds, Premier was like, uh, yo, reached out to him. Here's the deal. That's that intro is from Godzilla One. 
like the original. Dun, 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 yeah. And he never cleared it oh. 13, 15 years ago. So the deal was like he's got the mechanics to the song, but um, can't license it out for stuff like Let this. Let me hear that. Have Godzilla walk out. I want to see Godzilla yeah, anyway. I looked at the, I what, the who sampled. You can see all the samples. That are right. You can song. see every single who sampled oh, it in their music. Wow. Yeah. I love that they sample in hip hop. It's the best. I love it. It's cool. But the problem is, stuff like that didn't clear. Because yeah, so long ago, clear. it didn't clear. So what ended up? Yeah, there it is. Can you show me it, though? Can you show me it when it happens? It's right at the beginning. What do you mean? Find the. No, stop. This is it. This is it. No, 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 no. No, Jamie. Okay, can you ahead. show me Godzilla coming out to that sound? Dun, dun, dun. I want to see actual Godzilla because so, it was so dumb. <laughs> actual Godzilla. If you go back and try to watch that, like the idea that that's a monster movie, it's right. so goofy. But it was crazy scary for people at the time. People oh, were like, it was "Oh amazing. shit!" Amazing for people in 1960 or whenever yeah. Godzilla came out. I was like, "What am I seeing? <laughs> yeah. This is incredible!" Fire came out of his mouth. Yeah, it was Dude. so cool. Yeah, and that song, that sound was so so like memorable and so he didn't clear it and then you know i in premiere was like whatever i can do to help uh you know moving forward and there's this other guy rjd2 who i loved and ironically enough i had wanted a song from him and he was like i didn't clear that song like and i was like <laughs> do the same shit so then he sent me a folder of unused like beats he was like there's a i got a he's like i have stuff that i've made that i don't have and no one has you know that i still have He's like, do you want to hear someone? He sent me one, and that's one of the ones I chose. And shout out to those guys for helping me out. But it was so funny because he said the same thing. He goes, dude, I was young when I did that. We didn't right. clear shit. Of course. We were making dope shit, yeah. putting it out to the world. And then they sometimes- lawyers to clear fuck shit. no. He's like, those labels, have those labels from back? They're all gone. Yeah. They, they dissipated or they got bought or- How many great, great songs in hip hop they sampled old music, like old- Oh, yeah. James Brown tracks and I talked all about kinds of shit. William Bell. I love the William Bell. If you don't know who he is, he's great. And so many people have sampled him, but they sample like even a word. Like uh, Tim Robinson, his show, uh, I Think You Should Leave, which is funny. He samples this, baby, baby, baby. And it's from William Bell's, a piece of his song that he looped and put over itself. And wow. like, it's just cool to see how many people pick apart these old things. I love hearing it and finding it and be like, do you know who that is? And when people are like, no, nah, it's like, oh, that's Ann Peebles. That's, you know, it's it's just great. I love seeing where the samples came from because it's like, man, how did they find that? Or why mm. that of all the shit yeah. that they turn into something else? Yeah. No, it's there's an art to that, man. Oh, I mean, it's beautiful. A lot of those like old hip hop dudes used to have just enormous collections of records. They would just listen to that's just they to did. try to find samples. Digging in the crates yes. constantly to find something like that. Try to find, do you find Godzilla's emergence? No, that's it. That's it. <clears throat> it's from a 1992 film. That hmm. sound is? Yes. Oh, it's a 1992 Godzilla? So that's probably a way better Godzilla. Like, this was a, it's from a soundtrack. So it's not the original Godzilla? That, the original, so it's, this says it's from, whether or not this is right or not, I guess we'll have to go into that. But Godzilla this, versus Mothra? Yeah, this says it's from Godzilla versus Mothra, which came out in 1992. Okay. And then I found that movie, but I have no idea where they would have used that 12-second sample, because dun, 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 dun. This is soundtrack. This is the whole movie of Godzilla versus yeah, Mothra? Like, Just show Godzilla coming out. Yeah, so let's see him. I guarantee, it's, there's a hard... It's hard to find it? Yeah, I don't know where, I've never seen this movie. I never well, seen this that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Godzilla I mean, versus Mothra sure from 1992. Ten times, and I don't, How many people I don't saw know this? that they're going to play the soundtrack when it comes out. I highly doubt it. 
let's find where just so you could see what Godzilla. What did Godzilla look like in '92? I didn't see this movie. This, yeah, it wasn't. It came out in Japan. That's like right, it's not, right. It's not okay, an movie. Isn't that wild? Like he found a sample from fucking Japan from a Japanese movie. There now, it is. Oh, here it is. Oh, he looks <laughs> terrible. <laughs> There it is. You're in the background? Yeah. It's not even hurt. It's not even hurt. It's gonna land. We have to stop it. That's one of the best parts about Godzilla's the dubs. (laughs) The dubs are so terrible. We have to do our best to find out where he's going. Yeah, look at that. It's not even hurting him. Here's Godzilla. Oh, Godzilla's in a fight with... Mothra. Oh, Mothra's jizzing all jizzing over him. Jizzing all over him, dude. So. It's silk. <laughs> He's covered him with silk. Imagine that's all it takes to fuck Godzilla up. Just He's a out. little bit of silk. He's all tapped out. Oh, my God. Look how corny it looks. And that's like the updated Godzilla. Right. <laughs> now go to the original Godzilla. Go to the original Godzilla movie. That looks so bad. Yeah, the Matthew Broderick <laughs> one came out like four years after this, didn't it? Right. The yeah. Matthew Broderick movie was pretty good. In terms of special effects, it was a terrible movie. But it was in terms of special effects, it was a pretty good movie. <laughs> Looks like the I was. Six- <laughs> 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 He's got the downs. A hundred percent. It's a meme. Mothra. This is from 1964. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, look how bad this is. Oh my god. Oh my god, this is so corny. You can even hear the helicopter flying overhead that gives them the wind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You hear the helicopter? There it is in the background right there. It's a different version of it, yeah. Yeah. Dun 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 dun. (laughs) (laughs) When my daughters were real young, when they were like four and six, um, uh, my wife was out of town and uh, I said, do you guys want to watch a scary movie? Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, we're scared. I go, no, 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 a bad scary movie, corny. I want to show you a scary movie from the 1930s. It's called King Kong. And they're like, what is it? I go, it's about a giant gorilla. But I go, but the special effects are so bad, you're going to laugh. Yeah. It's so bad. And so six-year-olds, right, from whatever, you know, six years ago, Mm -hmm. watching a movie that was a scary movie at the time. At the time, In 1933, when people saw King Kong for the first time, Go to go to King Kong from 1933. When people saw that, there whatever year it was, was it 33? Am I making that up? I want to say it predates World War II. People pan. People thought that was like the craziest shit they'd ever seen. 33. What is it? 33. 33. 1933 King Kong. (laughs) So go to 1933 King Kong, and this is made with clay. (laughs) Look how bad this is. So my kids thought it was hilarious. I go, how bad does this look? It looks so bad. Like, they weren't scared at all. They were laughing, and then they were relieved that it wasn't scary, right. so then they started laughing really hard. Look how corny this is. But in 1933, they're like, I can't believe what we're seeing. King Kong is actually fighting a dinosaur, and there's a lady watching it? But ba- but it's like, whenever you revisit that shit, when I was, uh, I remember a babysitter showed me uh, The Exorcist far before I should have seen it. 
And I remember how crazy that I thought that was in that movie was so scary, gave me nightmares. Look at the new one. Yeah, it's insane. The new one's incredible. That's what the ride is almost at Universal. Isn't it hilarious how King Kong always falls in love with a white chick? <laughs> look at but look how badass this King Kong is. This King Kong is incredible. He just smushed her for sure. And what year is this? Uh, this is three years ago, but I don't know exactly if that's right. Oh, five. Oh, five. Yeah, I was going to say, that looks like it might be a while ago. Oh, now the newest shit's probably... Yeah, they remade it again, I think, right. a yeah, years ago. Yeah, they did. But then keep King Kong kept growing, because now King Kong has to fight Godzilla. And Godzilla's 500 feet tall. Yeah, right, so I saw that. So the idea is that King Kong has like some sort of a genetic malformity that makes him just continue to grow forever and ever. <laughs> so now they don't visit Kong Island for a few years, and they come back and... He's got a lump on his pituitary gland. He just never stopped growing. Yeah, so this is the regular-sized King Kong. This is the 50-foot King Kong. See, that looks fucking unreal. Smash! Boom! I mean, yeah, the fucking special effects are incredible. It's so amazing what they do with CGI, but at the same time, you know that that's not real. Like, yeah. you feel it's not real. Well, yeah. It I just mean, feels fake. That's what's like people that do, like Rick Baker and those guys that did special effects for like American Werewolf in London, they, they, they say that you can't replace like the physical special effects where an actual object is attacking an actual yeah. person. Yeah. Oh, I remember like, that too. When I was a kid, I thought that was. Extra. I had nightmares of like stairs. I hated stairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah it just freaked me out so much dude, when I was a kid. Back then, man, this movie freaked people out, dude. They were so scared that they were so possessed good. by a devil. She was so. I bought it. I bought for. I was like, that bitch is possessed. I think that movie fucked her up. Yeah, right? For the rest of her life? I think so. Well, because she did it so young. She's a kid in that movie. It's like yeah. to be in that mindset. 12 hours a day on set shooting. Yelling, your mother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, dude. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. You're like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. Yeah, but you have to do that. That happens. Was that 76? Um, what year was The Exorcist? I'm looking on our Wikipedia now, sorry. That's what happens to actors that get embedded in those things that go deep, deep, deep. Sometimes the brain takes a while to get back. I would imagine that if you're playing... If 73. You're, 73. If you're a child and you're playing someone who's possessed by a demon... Yeah, come on. That And you, you believe in demons when you're a child, too. For sure. Do you believe in demons now? Still do. Yeah. Do you? For sure. They might be real. They gotta be. There's gotta be external forces around. I can't imagine that all this energy in your body goes to nowhere. I don't buy it. Well, that's not even the, the question about demons. Like what you what energy where your energy goes is a is a really good question. But the question about demons is are there external forces that are playing against you? Oh that yeah, are actual entities. But I think negative energy goes into those things. That's what I guess I mean. Is like mm. I think what builds those things is negative, really right. toxic, evil shit mm. builds negative In things. Another dimension. Fuck yeah. Ooh, I definitely right. believe that. And if you're doing like evil shit, you're probably even more haunted. When you by die, those it doesn't just go away. It goes somewhere into a thing. I don't like I wholeheartedly believe that. And and honestly, like uh the first time I really felt like when I saw well, you know, the Irish for some reason, we love wakes. We like to see mm -hmm. people when they're dead. I like how the Jews do it. They're like, I'm not fucking looking at that person when they're dead. I had the same experience. I know what you're going to say. And I I couldn't see, look at my grandmother the whole time. And then my mom was like, we're going to leave, so you ought to say goodbye. And I was like, all right. And I walked up there, and I, I, like, I felt this sense of relief because I was like, oh, 
the thing I loved isn't even in there anymore. Right. This was a vessel. Yes. And whatever was in there is somewhere better. And it's, it just, I felt immediately like this weird, like someone was telling me like, yeah, this is just the shell, man. The thing you like, it's in a really great place. You're all, it's all good. That's the, the weirdest part about seeing someone dead is this feeling that they've left. Yeah. They're not in there. Yeah. They're not in there. Did you see this? The Pope? Whoa, was this the new pope? Yeah, he passed away. They did the funeral, and they the the new pope who died rather brought him out without a coffin and left him Yo, on display. That's dark for a while. Pope don't need no coffin. That's dark. And everyone came up and kissed his hands and stuff. Wild. I don't. I don't. That's... That is a crazy gig. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy. That guy had the craziest past. Pope Benedict. He had yeah. the craziest past because he was uh, he was charged with moving priests around that had committed atrocities. Yeah. And he moved one to a place where they molested a hundred deaf kids. What? Yes. Google that. A hundred? A hundred deaf kids got molested by this one priest that he had moved when I believe when he was a cardinal. Now you don't hear him coming, that's the problem. <clears throat> Jesus. <laughs> you can't even <laughs> help yourself. Cut it out. Son of a Cut it bitch. out. Is, Son of a bitch. But the new one's supposed to be chill, right? <laughs> I don't fucking well, know. Well, I think he had to take oh, yeah. it down a notch, so the new one got, you know, fucking a regular throne. It's he's like, this gold throne's a little outdated. And he's like pro-gay marriage yes. and all that well, stuff. Yeah. That's nice. It's a little yeah. bit more than a hundred. Two hundred deaf kids. <laughs> oh my God! The that priest double. might have molested two hundred deaf boys. Top Vatican officials, including future Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, did not defrock a priest who molested as many as two hundred deaf That's boys. Fucking... Even though several American bishops repeatedly warned them that failure to act on the matter could embarrass the Church, according to the files recently unearthed as part of a lawsuit. Imagine your concern is embarrassing the Church. Not that this guy is fucking kids. Imagine. Yeah, we don't want the church to look bad. Imagine your concern, and not one guy, but multiple bishops, right? Yeah. It's nuts. Have you been to the Vatican, by the way? Yes, on edibles. Shit is dark. I went there on edibles. Did you? Yeah. That shit creeped me out, dude. The whole time I was like, I don't like this at all. I just didn't like the the fact that they were like, we have our own cops. Well, no extradition. We can do whatever we want. They're basically a country. They have their own bank. City. Yeah. Oh, yeah. their own rules, their own laws. And there's a bunch of people in there that, that people would like to try. Yeah. They would like to pull them out of there and try them. Can't do it. For crimes against humanity. Protected. You yeah. saw that documentary about the little girl that went missing from the Vatican? No. No? No. I don't even know what it's called, Jamie. If the it, the girl who went missing is what I think my instinct is saying, but uh, it's about a resident. You know, there's a small amount of residents that live in the Vatican walls in Vatican City. Her family was one of them. And this has got to be, I don't know, 30 years ago. She went missing. And the story is fucking wild. Yeah, it's uh, called Vatican, Vatican Girl. Vatican Girl. I just Googled it. Two days ago, it says they've reopened the case. So I don't know. Dude, you have to watch this. It's bananas. What do they think happened? Well, there's a bunch of different uh, conspiracies. There's a bunch of different, like, there is kind of a somewhat clear-cut answer in it. But there's multiple points where even they go... I don't know. This may this have may come from multiple avenues of this being a very well coordinated thing, like a kidnapping, and it's crazy. And they just reopened it up. Kidnapping from someone who lives in the Vatican. I don't yes. want to tell they, you. The family oh. lived there. It says that might have been a a kidnapping to blackmail, blackmail the Pope at the time. There's oh, a bunch of different theories, Christ. and as you watch it, they talk about multiple theories about like what it's like. But also, the crazy thing is, you'd think if you lived in the Vatican, you're living on you know high on the hog no these people were like commoner 
lower class to lower middle class, they don't, it's not because they're in there. You're not like automatically, you know, living like a king. If you're just a citizen. So were they help? Did they work there? Yeah, they were workers. They were workers. Oh, so the workers live there. But they don't treat them any kind of, it's like they all live pretty, you know. Modestly. Modestly. And your family's born into it, so you're kind of born in it. And this girl was, she would go to a school outside of the Vatican walls, like a performance art school, if I'm not mistaken, and, uh, you know, a regular route from there to there, there to there, there to there, and then one day. <sighs> oh, here's why. Uh, the Pope's longtime secretary is about to release a book this week. Rut row. And that's why they may have invest. He says he's got information on it that's going to come out in the book. About that girl? Yeah. Oh, oh fuck. It's boy. wild, dude. This is two days ago this has just started popping up? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't so care if I didn't uh, see it. Oh, uh, top of the thing. Vatican reopens investigation. That's her. Yeah. What Emanuela. 1983, she went missing. Orlandi. Dude, 40 years ago. They've yeah. gotten away with so much. Sketchy. They've gotten away with so much. So sketchy. I mean, I know everybody wants to concentrate, and rightly so, on Epstein Island. Yeah. But how about the Vatican? Uh, how, how about the yeah. just the entire? You you could be a person who doesn't know how to read, and you know that priests fuck kids. Uh huh. Someone who someone has never someone that's barely heard of it, it's like, oh, I did hear about those guys. Everybody <laughs> knows <laughs> yeah, that dude. that's a problem. Yeah. It's not like NASCAR drivers. Mm-hmm. It's like if, imagine if NASCAR <laughs> car drivers were known for molesting children. You'd be like, that is cool. Why is that why is that still a thing? It's part of a culture, man. But forever, people knew that priests fuck kids. Hundred percent. I've had. I've, it's never happened to me, but I've had multiple friends that were in Catholic school. They yeah. got chased by a priest. This one guy went on a retreat with this priest, and the priest made him sleep in the bed with him, and he was like chasing him around the room. No, no, no. And he, and he had to like literally fight off the priest and scream, and he wouldn't give in. What was the name of the movie that exposed all that stuff? Uh, you know, about the newspaper, Mark Ruffalo. What? Am I crazy? Why can't I think mm. of the name of that fucking... Uh... The Boston newspaper? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Bro, this is but that so was a, And it was a real story where the new the Boston Globe... Spotlight. Huh? Spot, Spotlight. Spotlight. And they went out of their way to expose them. Or in real life, they made a movie about it, but it's like, didn't even go do anything. Didn't do shit. That's so crazy. A credible he- newspaper was like, we have unbelievable amounts of evidence. And still, it's like, no, well, no, what are you going to do? They don't even lose their tax-free exemption. <laughs> I know. Nothing happens. The tax-free thing is wild because when Scientology got it, you're like, "Yo, mm. like, what is this? Mm-hmm. What is this thing? You, you, you get, uh, uh, you, no taxes if you claim that you're religion. Yeah. Do you know how many fucking religions there could be? This is a religion. You could say your show is a religion. There, but there you go. You have loyal no, listeners. Co- so what? It's just conversations. But that could be a religion. No rules. I, what? What? How do you apply to make a religion? Look it up. I'm serious. Listen, stop fucking with me. This is a religion. I, you know it is. You know it's like an inch away from being one. You could just say, my f- people who, you have followers, they listen to you, they like what you put out. Doesn't mean you have to have some sort of like spiritual ideology. Religion could be anything. Mm. This could slot as a religion. For sure. It just means a bunch of people listen to, uh, you know, a uniform thought process. If you put out like a continual thing, I don't think you need a book. I don't think you need shit. I you know you- Alex Gray? Uh-uh. The, the visionary artist. Uh-uh. I'm sure you've seen his work. Okay. In every dorm room wall of someone who smokes weed, they have an Alex Gray poster. It's Jad or Justin Bua, the 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 piano guy. You've seen that's that was also in the dorm rooms. This is Alex Gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you've yeah, seen yeah, his work. Yeah. Well, Alex Gray started a religion, like a legitimate religion. Like he's a real, like really spiritual person. Like legitimately, when you meet him, you're blown away. He's the real deal. 
and he has a church that he built that is designed around his art. And he Whoa. got tax exempt status. It's uh, called Entheon. That's the church. Like, this is the place. <laughs> like, how amazing is that? Where is that? It's in upstate New York. So he bought land and then he set up, set it up for a church, made it tax exempt. But you got to see what it looks like on the outside. I mean, this is the inside. It's fucking gorgeous because it's a, a church that's designed by an amazing artist. Whoa. That's the outside of it. Look at that. Entheon. Play, play that video. Yeah, go full screen, please. It's amazing. Oh, and, my God. And, and, you know, this guy's been an incredible artist forever. But he had, the first time he came on the podcast, he had just the idea for this. So all those faces all around it, it's all from his artwork, and it all had to be 3D designed. That's him and his wife. And so this is him and his, his wife and his paintings. So they have, like, fucking yoga classes there and shit. They're like a real church. Look at this. I mean, imagine going into the woods with all these hippies and you go do yoga in that place with this guy. I know. And you're all chanting and shit. Like, and he's a real deal. He's not like trying to rip people off or he's just a, a genuinely beautiful person who's an amazing artist who's created like, like a real church. They play music and they get together and it's not like he gets to fuck everybody's wife. It's, like, say, it's a regular church. I hope it stays that way. Yeah. Oh, it, it'll, it will with Because this story guy. sometimes goes the wrong way. They almost always go the wrong way. <laughs> it goes to a place where it's like, he got the power and he was like, yeah. all right, we have to pray naked. And then and we someone's got to sit on my face. <laughs> and then we need to protect ourselves with the government. We got to yeah. kill everybody we know that doesn't like us. <sighs> yeah. You don't want it to go down that road. But they almost always do. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying. As I'm watching that, the whole time I'm like, I know he's your boy. I hope it stays this way. <laughs> I hope it doesn't shift into something I don't want it to be. Like that, I watched the, you know, um, Nexium or whatever. I watched that one. I that, didn't see that one, but oh, I heard it's wild. Bro, it's just, you're like... Also, the women's empowerment one, that was another one that was nuts. What's that one? This woman in San Francisco had started, a, you know, like a um, a sexual revolution uh, club, a freedom for women to be the powerful versions of she themselves. She gets to bang everybody's husband. Yes, she fucks everybody. <laughs> By the end, she fucked the whole crew. It just, it was all see-through. She was like, this is for women to take back their empowerment. And it was in San Francisco, I think. And she was... She was extremely manipulative and intelligent. The way she would break down people's uh, relationships into joining her ideology about sex and love and relationships, they would just snap into her thing. And it was all about making a woman come. The whole thing was about, can you make your woman come and make that the priority? But then, after a couple of years, she's like, I want to you know, suck a couple of dicks. You know <laughs> like, she let a couple of dicks in, and then <laughs> it all led down the same road, dude. Uh, it all goes down to power. the same place. You power. They love the power. Well, it's also, if you're a person who doesn't, you know, you have a hard time knowing who you are. Like, who, maybe you think you're more than you are or you mm -hmm. want more than you're getting. And then all of a sudden you're in this position where people revere you. Yeah. That's intoxicating. And then you're literally speaking at a church. You're speaking at, to your flock. Yeah. I think that's why they made Catholic priests celibate. I think they were probably banging everybody back in the day. <laughs> 
Don't you think? Yeah. Of course. They're like, uh, they were rock stars. They're like, Giancarlo, you're fucking way too many of the members. Do you what? imagine? What do I do wrong? Well, come on, on. What do I do wrong? You're talking about Italians, first of all. Savages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, savage people. Yeah, dude. And then you're talking about Italians from a thousand years ago. Even more savage. And then you're talking about the one dudes who could read Latin. So yeah. they're reading the Bible. No one else even knows what the fuck is going on uh -uh. until Martin Luther came along and translated the Bible into phonetic languages. I think he connected. What is it? German first? Did Martin Luther con converted to? Um, he translated into German. I think I forget what language it was, but he he translated the Bible so that regular people who could read could read it because they didn't know, they didn't know Latin. Mm -hmm. And then he basically said you should interpret the Bible, you know, any way you you see fit. Like that's what the Bible the Bible's there for you to interpret it, right. which was a fucking horrific affront to the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church freaked out. Like all the churches back then, probably wanted to kill him. I don't know. Sure. Was it the Catholic Church that he did it to? Whatever church it was, Protestant. Yeah, I'm not sure what church it was, but like it. he spoke Latin and, you know, and, and he, he translated the, the, the priests were the ones like you had to have formal training. Yeah. Like Latin even back then was a dying language. It's a, it's a, when, when you see, even when there's people that still study it today, which is fucking wild. Latin's wild. What if they bring it back though, huh? Oh, bring it'd be it back. a great thing to learn. Yeah. You have conversations to people in Latin. Behind be somebody's shit. back. <laughs> I wonder how well you could communicate with it. I mean, it's got, it, I'm sure there's enough, well, you can't use any, of course, there's no slang in it, but you could make up new slang Latin, you know what I mean? Yeah. The gabagool. Yeah. Gabagool. That the gabagool. Get a little fucking bush of douche. Strew your del. Strew your del. Yeah. You have to throw the del, throw the del. They've got shit for that, for sure. Yeah. Imagine if they brought Latin back. Well, what's stopping someone from inventing a new language and everyone adopting it? There's two guys is this, talking. You're talking in Latin? Latin? Yeah, let me well, hear. Well, let's, let's talk about this. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to hear one for... Hello, hello, he hello, oh. Luke. Thank you so much for, for coming on today. Salve, Xiaoma. Yeah, that was... A little yeah. of dual language right off the bat. Sounds Chinese. Yeah. Let me hear... What was that guy's name, I guess? Go I've seen your videos online in, in Latin. Certissime amiche. Mi nomen est Lucius Amadeus Ranierius. Natusum in Pennsylvania, eh, sum quid sum triginta sex anos natus, atque quid etian ego ego sum youtuber ut tu, et apud canale meum ego facio contenta mm. latine et graeque. Wow. I know some of that. There's a little bit of Italian in there. Yeah, I hear a I bunch of it. I two years in high school. Some of it makes sense, but it's also, it, Spanish makes more sense too. Et de canalem, ego faccio. You always, you have to sound like, uh, like a cartoon version whenever I mm. read it. Like immediately my voice goes like, canalem mudera foccio, contenta latina grazia. Did I ever tell you a time I encountered this uh, church that was trying to get me to join when I was in college? What was it? Tell you story? <laughs> no. I was taking Italian. And uh, there's these people in this Italian class with me, and there was this one hot Puerto Rican girl. She wore glasses. She was smoking. There's like, always one. She was so hot, I couldn't talk to her. I was like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I didn't have much confidence back no. then. And uh, she invited me one day to go with her and her friends to some weekend um, retreat. And I was like, what? Like, yeah. like, what are you guys doing? I didn't know it was like a religious retreat. Uh -huh. She's trying to convert me. Mm. And uh, I thought... I was just getting invited to this cool kids party. I'm like, well, I can't this weekend, um, but you know, maybe another time I could do it. 
you know, like that weekend I think I had a tournament or something like that. It was when I was still competing. And then um, like a couple of weeks later, we're in the – actually, I think I was done doing doing fighting. I think I was doing stand-up at the time. So there's something going on. I had a gig maybe, whatever it was. I'm trying to remember what year it because now I'm thinking it's like 89, maybe even 90. So there was a plane crash, and it was Trump's airplane. It was like Trump Airlines, and it crashed in Boston, and like the front wheels didn't come down. So they had to like skid into the runway with sparks and shit. So um, I see them all eating, and they invite me over to their table. What year was this? 89. 89. So it was perfect. Right. So it was right after... I stopped fighting. Maybe I was fighting a little bit. And then right when I just started doing stand-up. And there was uh, this table full of them. And they come sit with us. I'm like, okay, cool. I go, hey, you guys hear about the plane crash? And they go, no. I go, yeah, the fucking the front wheels didn't come down. The plane skid and there's sparks and everything. And uh, they're all staring at me. I go, but uh, nobody died. And then that hot Puerto Rican girl goes, oh, praise God. Praise God. And they all started going, praise God, praise, praise God. God. And I was like, praise God. oh, no. And then immediately I'm like, duh, stupid. She doesn't like you. She doesn't like you. She want to convert you to her fucking wacky Christian cult. Yeah, but if the pussy was good enough, you know, you might as well go to the camp. Just go check it out. Check it out. Mm -mm. Do a trial run. I was scared. Yeah. Too susceptible. Well, Jesus lets them in the booty. You know that you could always do booty stuff. That's Catholic. Girl. That's the Catholic loophole. There's that's written anywhere. I think yes, it is. Yes, it that. is. In Paul, I think it's in Corinthians. <laughs> Look it up. Four thirteen. The first or second letter. I think it's yeah. Thou shall thou shall enter booty. It's literally sodomy. It's, yeah. it's literally it's Sodom and Gomorrah. That's why he killed everybody. That's right. Don't. He's all butt fucking. Tight like, it up. That's a wrap. Keep it tight, baby. Keep it tight back there. No, that's the. Uh, uh, who does it? That's the loophole. No, no, yeah. Who does it? The the Mormon kids. They do the soaking and then they do the bouncing. The soaking's hilarious. But you know, and you know about the bouncing. You know this, right? No, what's the bouncing? Somebody goes underneath. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> you can look it up. Jamie knows. <laughs> Somebody gets onto the bed when someone's soaking and they push the bed so there's movement. So it's almost as if they're fucking, but they aren't making the movement. Oh my god, that's this hilarious. is a legit. <laughs> what's it called? Jamie? Jump, jump humping. Jump humping. Someone else jumps on the bed. To <laughs> <make> the bed. <laughs> 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 like you're trying to double bounce someone on a trampoline. So they'll start Bro, moving. People find loopholes. Jump humping, dude. That is hilarious. Mormon teens on TikTok. See that? Jump humping. Finding themselves jump humping, a tactic <laughs> used to avoid thrusting during penetrative sex. Because the thrusting, I think the thrusting is what there is prohibited. <sighs> so you can soak. That is amazing. No mo no in and out movement. But it's the amazing jump humpers. That you can soak. You can soak. <laughs> I think they found the loophole, dude. You Soaking's can soak. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Jump humping is so When you funny. were a teenager, you were like soaking. We're good. I don't need to move. No. Well, also, but immediately put it in. Then <laughs> <And> you're like, <laughs> I'm gone. Yeah, it's so dangerous. And yeah. that's when kids, like when teenagers are having sex with each other, they're at their most fertile and they're, they're at their least control. Yeah, that's why you're that's why pregnant. It's like within the, they're like, we just had sex once. It's like, you're pregnant. That's why you're pregnant. Yeah, that's your, how it goes Your sometimes. body is just like, okay. And so I'm dumb. And so at the moment, moment as a kid, as a dude, the first time you fuck, you're just like... Well, what's nuts is that that's how the body's designed. Like, you are your most fertile, and it's the you're the most likely to conceive, and it's also, like, that's what nature wants. Yeah. Nature wants you to have sex when you're a fucking kid. You're 16. It's because we weren't supposed to last more than 20 years. I think nature was like, get this done now, you're dead in a decade. No, but we haven't adapted to that yet. We haven't adjusted. Do you think that it will ever catch up? <sighs> 
how could it? It would take so long. It's not like people are going to stop pumping. Yeah, I mean, chem- chemically, that I mean, I don't know what would change. It, you would have to almost delay puberty, but then when you would fuck up people's development. Yeah, that's... Like, what could you do? Because there's a, you know, there's a window when your hormones, you're growing and your hormones are kicking in and all this stuff is kind of synced normally by nature. If you interfere with that because you think the kids can't handle having sex, like you're going to delay, what are you going to delay puberty? Like till they're smart enough? Yeah, you'd have to, well, you're it, not even smart enough when you're in your 20s. No, you're not, you're not smart enough. No one's smart enough. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking it never kicks in. Well, that's what's wild about humans, right? Is like there's this, this clear biological imperative to procreate. And it kicks in when you have no no business teaching a kid life. Mm-mm. You know, to teach, like to raise a child when you're 15 and you're, you're the husband's 15 and you're 15. It's a nightmare. And you just gave birth to a baby and you're a baby. Yeah. Like that 16 and pregnant show or whatever that always, it's like when the, when it works, you're happy because you're like, the kid's going to, might turn out to have a nice life. And But when you see that goes awry, it's sad as shit because a lot of times it's bound to lose, you know? But then, sometimes you wait too long, and it gets harder to have kids. We, I've dealt with that. It's just it's it's wild how your body sometimes or the body is like. That's mm, you missed the window. Maybe you missed the window. Yeah. Yeah, but then they have in vitro fertilization. Yeah, science, science kicks fixes in. all that shit. Yeah. Well, they're they're developing the concept at least of artificial wombs, and they think that. Well, there will be a time where they'll be able to have babies outside of a human body. Just growing next to you in your house? Yeah. How far away is that? Because I, I, I read something recently on this as a concept <laughs> that they're, they think that, but, but then like what, what is the, the baby getting from the mother in terms of like emotions and feeling and like babies are empathic right they're feeling yeah the mother's stress your cortisol raises when your mother's under stress right there's like it's probably like l- lessons like you're learning things from the mother like just from feelings like instinctual stuff kicks in and i like, wonder well, it's got to be based on like diet and and your lifestyle schedule and the way that you operate has to influence the way that the Can you imagine if they made babies in an artificial womb and the babies just came out like soulless <laughs> And what do you do? Like it's very stiff. Yeah, and then the scientists say, "Well, actually, we've discovered the soul's real, and yeah. uh, it only comes from the mother into the baby, and it, it comes while the baby's inside the mother." That's actually a great movie. They I, think I, that actually that was like an ancient belief that the soul entered the body at a certain time. Now mo- I'm thinking about. It, I think it was like six weeks. There was like. There was an ancient belief that there was a, t- a very specific time where the soul entered the body. While you're in the womb. Yeah, while the baby's in the womb. So you're in there for six weeks cooking. At six weeks, that's when, that's when the soul shows up. Is that what up. they think it was? What was this ancient myth, belief, whatever? whatever you, who knows if it's, if it's real? Uh, I feel like it'd be right the moment that Aristotle there's, there's fertilization. Believed Aristotle believed it? In the time of Aristotle is actually what it says. Uh Soul entered the embryo at 40 days for a male and 90 days for a female. Mm. Beat you there, girls. wonder why I waited. Why they chill? They're fucking late. They got to do something. What's it called? Insolment. 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 And so that was just their belief. Was it based on any thought? Hippocrates was the first to believe this. Well, he's always contradicting himself. Was the embryo was a product of male hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. 
Why are we? I wonder why do you speculate we're forty and they're ninety? Why well, would, back why would then, that be? they probably didn't like girls. Right, that's why. They're like, you these know. bitches are slow. They're not, they don't yeah. even get their souls when we get our souls. Give me the taste of the good stuff. Yeah, baby. Yeah. These bitches are slow. I mean, they probably, yeah, they probably was I bet you scientifically, they probably get it before we do, if anything. Um, the artificial womb thing I found, 2019, there's an article that said they think they're 10 years away, but I dug through that real quick to find the person that was claiming that, and it turns out it's just like an artist. Oh, so like, it, sounded like a, it wasn't a group of scientists saying it was like an artist that says like we might be. Hey man, artists or scientists? That would scare the shit out of me if they just started making people in a lab. Oof! You don't think they're doing that already? But yeah, there's vision. There's I feel like they gotta they be manipulating. I bet in another country they're doing it. I think we got our hands in there, baby. Do you think so? <laughs> I think for sure. You think like in Area Fifty One? Oh, for sure. They're making people. Well, don't you think it was so funny that for how many years, when you were a kid, for how many years did you hear about? You know, that alien uh, life forms at Area 51, that's all bullshit. Mm. That's not what it... And then now they're like, no, 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 we... There's some alien shit over there. They don't say that. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. They say there's something unidentified. They found unidentified... They found things that they don't know really what it is, that they've experimented on, for sure. I could tell you exactly what they've said. What do they say? I've talked to a lot of these guys. What the, the government is admitting is that they believe that there are crafts that are operating that are outside of their understanding of physics. They've never said that we have anything at all? They, there have been people that have said, and this is a quote from the Pentagon, that there was off-world vehicles not from this earth. Mm -hmm. But who said that quote is what I was always confused about. It was like one of the top Pentagon official. It's like one of, one of those things where it's like, wait a minute, who said that? Yeah. And what is the exact quote? How did you exactly say it? How much of this is clickbait? But I've talked to multiple pilots that have had encounters. I, I got to know we got something. And I, I don't know if it's ours, if it's a drone that we don't tell them about that moves in a way that defies our understanding of physics because it doesn't operate on a propulsion engine. It operates on something that's completely new and unique. And there have been thoughts about how a new and unique gravity-based propulsion system would work for decades. Astrophysicist Eric W. Davis, who spent years working as a consultant for the Pentagon UFO program and is now a defense contractor, gave a classified briefing to the Defense Department on what he called off-world vehicles not made on this Earth. Mm. In other words, spaceships. The bombshell quote came in the latest UFO report from the New York Times, which has owned the beat for the past several years. In December 2017, the paper reported on the existence of the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, a Pentagon effort to investigate UFOs that was supposedly shuttered in 2012, but wasn't. The article hailed <laughs> as a historical inflection point in our attitudes towards our attitudes regarding UFOs imply the same message that the most recent one does. Basically, flying saucers are real. Can I see a picture of Eric W. Davis? Yeah, let's get a look at how much pussy Eric's got. I want to see this cat. <laughs> I want to see his. I want to see how much I believe him based on his look. Yes, let's just go. Let's see just what he looks like, look. just so I can see what he looks like. Is that him? <laughs> no, that's here in Austin. Warp drive metrics. Consulting for the Department of Defense. That's it. Just oh, go back him. and go to images, though. Is that him? Jamie, click on images so we can pick one for fun. You know, like a like so we can make a. Oh, that's him, dude. That is him. Wow, there's your dog. Off-world technology. 
Okay, so based on that first fi- picture in the Hawaiian shirt, yeah, do we believe it? <laughs> mm, I'm a little skeptical. I'm skeptical. This dude, <laughs> I don't know, dude. That Tommy Bahamas leading me down a weird line. But if you were gonna, if you were the Pentagon, you wanted to hire a guy. That's the guy. That's the guy. That is the guy. You don't want any distractions. You want a guy who's 100% invested. So he was back then too. What year is that? Is no, that Jacques like, Vallée? It's like a white power. Huntsville, <laughs> Alabama. Yeah, looks like it's him. What is is that Jacques Vallée with him? Hmm. It's LinkedIn, so yeah. Interesting. Wait, do you know what's crazy about what I just said about you saying that too? What? In that photo, I would just say joking around saying, like, it looks like he's throwing up like a white power symbol, this guy. Like a look at like a Nazi salute. Right. You know what's insane? What? Huntsville. Huntsville. That's where oh, the KKK was started. Jesus. Literally. Is that Jacques Vallée with him? Uh, I think he's too old tell. in that image. I think he's too old in that image. I played that gig in Huntsville. Joe, we took a ride from Nashville down to Huntsville, and the driver was a really cool dude, really nice guy, and I was playing the Huntsville, uh, you know, whatever's down there. I don't know what it is down there in Alabama, but you do like a one show after Nashville, and we're driving, and he's like, uh, he's like, you know NASA's right here? And I was like, oh, really? He's like, it's right there, dude. He's like, you won't see it? Yeah, if we have time, for sure. Drives by, seeing the outside of it. You know, they have fucking, like, rockets outside. It's dope as shit. And I was like, whoa, this is so cool. He's like, yeah, man, a lot of fucking nerds is going to be at your show from there, I'm sure. And I was like, yeah, but hopefully. And he goes, yeah, yeah, it's a cool little thing that they got plopped it right down here by us. Down that road, KKK got started. I was like, oh, what a juxtaposition of that to that. He's like, yeah, you know, you know, I'm not proud of it, but that's where it is. I was like, so right there is NASA, like the most brilliant minds on Earth, <laughs> like a mile away <laughs> from the most chaotically stupid people on planet. I was like, that's so, like, that's like, it's like universal, like comedy given to the Earth where it's like NASA, complete insane shitheads a mile away from each other where it was wow. birthed. Yeah, where it was birthed. And I asked him if it was still over there and he's like, he's like, I don't know, but I don't know. And I was like, okay, so. Yeah, they're Imagine there. if you were working on a base and they brought in some shit. Mm. Imagine if you're one of the guys that's, someone's got to move those things around. They're not having the eggheads move them around. No. They're going to have guys like you and me. Yeah. If you and me were working on some fucking Air Force base, top secret clearance. We'd be moving the shit. We know how to shut the fuck up because all of our phones are bugged. Right. You know, like they bug everything. They For bug sure. your house. You, you make sure you're not talking to any shit. Mm-mm. You're not saying nothing. You put a chip in your neck. And then they wheel in this burnt up UFO. <laughs> they're like, what is this? And they're like, shut the fuck up. Nothing. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, they don't let anybody see that shit. You car- well, someone has to move it in. No, those guys do, but they tell your boss to get the fuck out of the building. Right, but, but if you're one of those saying, guys that has to move it in. Oh, those guys. Somebody has to move it in. They're not going to get the eggheads to move oh, the yes, thing. I they're talking about the eggheads. Like, what are they doing? No, if you have an enormous fucking spaceship, <laughs> yes. and you're a guy like you and I were maintenance in Area 51. We definitely are maintenance, <laughs> dude. 100%. <laughs> I'm, I'm cranking away at something. And you're like, you're like, come on, brother. You got to help me move this yeah. fucking thing out this van. We got to move this thing. And, oh, and we, we get it. It's got like a low hum to it. Just putting out a cigarette next to it. Like, I don't know if it's be you near set it. it down there. It's covered in fucking soot and dirt and shit. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what the fuck is this? It, it's it, dripping. It crashed in the North Pole. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. It's leaking. Something's leaking out of it. Bro. Like it's oil or some shit. Bro. Are you tasting it? <laughs> yeah, I'd taste it. You wouldn't taste it? I don't know. I'd taste it. Fuck How it. How much would that change your life if you saw a spaceship from another planet? Like, the, for sure, from another planet. The problem is, 
who this is the uh, never ending art who's gonna believe you because then you automatically become like the mm-hmm. i'm dead serious and everybody's yeah. like all right you become dude. that guy so you'd have to be <laughs> no there is no way it's like a never-ending who's gonna believe you because even people that really love your wife like someone that's like that knows you the best would be like babe is everything okay <laughs> Yeah, you're like, no, I'm serious. You're cracking. Yeah, they they're like, you're, about you're you. losing it. They would tell their friends. Andrew, I don't know what's been going on. Andrew there. changed his medications and now he's seeing things. <laughs> he's seeing things. Yeah. That was like, uh, I don't know why this shot into my brain, but there was a great documentary about a retirement community in Florida. <laughs> and at this point in his life, the dude decided to start experimenting with drugs because he's like, fuck it, dude. I'm yeah, old. He's 80. Yeah, and he was Let's like, go. I don't give a shit. And the poor wife would be like, <laughs> There's a scene, there's a scene where she's like, now what do you, they're both like sweet from the South. And she's like, what are you going to do? And he opens the door and he's baked out of his mind. He goes, don't come in here. I'm going to be jerking off. (laughs) 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 He closes the door on her. (laughs) And you can tell she looks at the, yeah, what is this? Yeah, that's exactly what it's called. Some kind of heaven. That's the guy. Brother, it's so fucking, this is such a great, beautiful docu-series about what it's like to live in one of these retirement... That's him. <laughs> He's punching himself, dude. Oh, my God. And with a kung fu outfit on. That guy looks like a party. Dude, he's awesome. Where is he? This is all This is all in Florida at this resort. Oh, and they villages. all doing karate together and working out. That looks like fun. So it's a high-end resort. You pay this huge fee to get in, right? And then there's monthly fees. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, it's ev- stuff. Everything's included, though. But it's very promotional of active elderly. So they're like... Oh. This isn't like a common, you know, hospice. It's like... Are you young enough to want to still go out and fuck and go drink and party and go play? And they all go there to party. And this dude love he found cocaine, by the way, which is... Dude, he's driving a golf cart. He's just ripped out of his head. Here's another documentary about it called Golf, Booze, and Guns Inside the Boomer Paradise. It's awesome, dude. (laughs) That looks like fun. But That's the, where I'd want to go. The Look, villages. When we get old as fuck, dude, we should start our own. 100%. Let's do it. I would love All that. All old comics. <laughs> you know how much comic. fun we would have? Yeah. You know? Yes, dude. It's kind of what we're doing here. Yeah, this is kind of <laughs> it. <laughs> this is my retirement. We got, we got a lot of young guys here, too, though. Uh, dude, you guys do. This is uh, the, the we scene. We got a lot coming up. The scene there. out here is moving heavy. It's wild, isn't it? I'm not going to try. I'm try, not trying to spread rumors, but. Uh, old Joey DeRosa is going to be here this week, and he told me he wants to fucking move here. I don't know oh, if he's going to, but love it. I'll love tell Joe. him I'll open up a sandwich shop with him. He, dude, he, I think let's go. He might jump all over that. Let's go, Joe. I told him, I said, Are you really going? I texted him this morning, and he's like, Where are you? I said, I'm in Austin. He's like, I'll be there in three days. I was like, I'm out, I'm out of here. I'm sorry, man. And he's, and he genuinely, I think he genuinely has this interest. I would bug him about it. I don't eat sandwiches. But I would eat one of his sandwiches. No, they're great. If I wanted to take like a cheap meal and feel like shit for twelve hours, that's the one. His fucking sandwiches look incredible. Yeah, dude, it's so good. The problem is, it's a bar too, so you know, old spotty liver over here. I have to have a couple every, t- every time I go. Look at his sandwiches. Oh my god, <clears throat> they're delicious. What is that one? It's peanut butter and jelly. Peanut butter oh and jelly. Oh my god, that looks incredible. With uh, yeah, with Ruffles original. Oh my god, he's an animal. There's no health involved in his food. No, dude, no. His food is all about mouth pleasure. <laughs> yeah. It looks fantastic, though. His subs look insane. It's f- What's it called again? Joey, Joey Roses? Roses. Yeah. I was just there. I nothing but great things. Just over there with I him. And then, huge uh, sandwiches, too. They are. And it's a, gr- it's a great little spot. In like, I think it's in the, it's in the lower, East Village. Maybe. I love when a comic does something off the wall like that. 
Yeah, man, trying shit is nice. Yeah. It's like, give it a fuck. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, you know, like uh, a good buddy of mine, a comic, he's uh, building a club. Uh, it's a good thing. It's going to be good. It's you. Yeah. You're my buddy. Okay, I was confused. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not building it. I just paid people to do it. That's right. Well, yeah, that's They're right. They're doing an amazing job. I got that sneak peek, man. It looks good. Yeah, we're close. I'm excited. I want to... I, I told you, though, without, you know, giving anything away about it, but like... That kill room, that little room. Oh, my God. That's a, I what Bobby in. Kelly calls a kill box. That's a kill box. You know, like his special, uh -huh. called kill box, because that, that's how he designed the room. I walked in, I knew right away. I was like, this will be the th this. You can feel, it's something about certain rooms. Somebody asked me one time on uh, on a show, on a podcast about, what. Yeah, a guy who wasn't a comic was like, what's the, what makes like a good room? And I go, honestly, I can name you like physical elements, but sometimes, I don't know, some things are a feeling where you're like, Wow, something hits. I don't know what it is. I can tell you why I, why we like low ceilings and why we like, you know, the way it's situated. But there's just rooms around the country, you know, that when you go in, you're like, wow, I fucking love. There's we, also old buildings. Well, yeah, it's, the history does something there's to something make it feel. There's something about old buildings, yeah. Like when you and I came back here before, when, we, when I was running around with you and we played the old Cap City. I remember you being like, oh, man, I fucking love the vibration of this room. And it's, mm -hmm. it was something about, I don't know, I couldn't been tell around you. around for decades. Just has a, there's something that guts it. You know, I it. tried to buy that place. The old Cap City? Yeah, 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 yeah. You did? Yeah, they wanted too much money for it. It was like the whole mall. It was like there was a lot of work involved, and it was not in town. It, what, the whole situation was not ideal. And so I, yeah. I, I decided not to go with that. And then I went with another one, another place that turned out to be a former cult owned it oh yeah that's right yes and i didn't know like the extent of the cult yeah i'd heard it was a cult what kind of cult and then what i watched do? a documentary called holy hell it's on amazon yeah the guy who ran the cult fucked everybody including the guys he would charge the guys for therapy charge him 50 bucks for therapy and then he'd fuck them that fucked is, everybody yeah. and it's a part of therapy and this guy was like a like a low rent actor Right. And he was in Rosemary's Baby for like a very s small scene, like as an extra. Oh, okay. Not one of the characters. No. Okay. No, he's like one m scene with Mia Farrow. Right. And this guy went on to start this fucking cult in West Hollywood. And then, I don't know, like if people were chasing him down or whatever, but he upended and took everybody to Austin and had them build this theater for him to dance in. <laughs> Just to dance. Just to dance. With in. other people? Well, he would dance and perform for like all of his flock. Wow. Yeah, and then he up and took off and went to Hawaii. And uh, this you know, guy lives people pretty, that are still pretty upset. fun life though. One this of the guys is... confronted him in Hawaii. That's him. Holy, Holy that's hell! That's the trailer. This is that's the guy. The guy had a bunch of plastic surgery and shit. It was really weird fucking scene. And that was that place. I'm like, oh my god. So I got out of that place. <laughs> I was like, oh no. So we threw that place away. Well, that place, there was another issue that, that came about with that place before we found the place we're at now. But the new joint is great. The new joint is going to be hopping. It is going to be great. It's going to be hopping. It's funny to see, some, it's, it's great to be, I appreciate you for, it's funny to be a part of those things because I know, you know, in X amount of years, it'll be cool to, it'll just be neat to look back and be like, dude, that's fucking wild. I remember when you were, I, I like being able to say that when we're having a whiskey in 10 years being like, yeah. I remember when you were, remember when that was coming together, man, that's wild what it is now. It's just cool to see something kind of coming together. It's, 
uncomfortable to start things. Oh. It's exciting, but it's also it's uncomfortable. It's so we weird. talked about last night. I was doing all yeah. new material. It's, un, it's so hard starting again or starting anew or fishing for doing the... Doing something different, but it's really good for the mind. It's good for you as a person. Mm-hmm. It's good. You need different kinds of experiences, and starting something from scratch is a different kind of experience. That's the, one of the things about like moving. Moving to Austin was a different kind of experience. Like I'm in a different place now. It's a totally yeah. different setup. I like it. I like doing things like that. They upend you and they make you sort of recalibrate. And, you know, you have your bumps. You have your like, well, maybe this is the wrong move. Maybe this is the right move. Who knows? But then you find your way, you know. But it's there's something about starting something new and difficult that's like very exciting for people. That's why I'm going to New York in May for that reason. You moving to New York? I don't say moving. You're going to get a spot? Yeah. Where at? What part? Downtown. Ooh, I just like I just like the rhythm of New York a lot. I, I have a lot of good friends there, um, and something hit me recently where I was like, I have the, I'm blessed enough, whatever you want to say, I'm privileged enough that we I can do it. Right. So I want to do it. And there's I'm yeah. working on this thing out there that. Yeah. Did you talk to Ari? Yeah, of course. You know him. Yeah, he's the fucking main recruiter for the, New York. He he's the cult leader of getting people there. He's like, you <laughs> must come to New York. He loves it. He, he was excited. He was there. excited. He loves being a part of that fucking hum. All those people. It's just, I do love it. I want something different. West Hollywood was a long period of my life. Now I live somewhere else in LA. And then I just was like, what if I jump out of LA for a while? Good for you. It's good so, for you. Shake it the fuck you. up. Shake it the fuck up. It's good for you. So many road gigs are on there too. If you're on the East Coast, you can go all over Connecticut and do road gigs. You Jersey, road gigs Philly, Jersey. Boston. Yeah, yeah it's everywhere. 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 A few hours drive and you're everywhere. LA is like San Diego, uh, San Francisco. Yeah, and the amount of time it takes you to San Diego, you really have to leave at noon. Because oh. the traffic you hit in Orange County is fucking preposterous. Yeah, it's gross. It'll take five hours sometimes. Easy. That's why I need that jetpack, dude. That's why I'm... <laughs> and soup down there. Burr was doing gigs in San Diego, and he was taking his helicopter. helicopter. I, dude, insane. <laughs> That's so fucking cool, by the way. It's amazing. So He's get... flying himself to San Diego yeah, I'll do the gig. helicopter. Uh, yeah, I'll come down. You got to have a fucking pad for me to land on. Yeah, you got to find a pad. Mm. I saw a video this morning on the internet of how it was like, uh, it was in the Hamptons or something, maybe? And it was like how rich people fuck with other rich people. And it was a dude, and he's yelling at the helicopter, and the guy's in a helicopter, and he's like near his pool. I mean, dude, he's got to be 20 feet above, no shit, above his pool. And the wind is blowing all his yard shit, all his pool, like uh, chairs and shit, all over the place. And the guy's pissed. And then you can tell that they're f- laughing about it, and then they fuck off in the helicopter. So he's doing it just to just fuck, to with, fuck the guy. with this guy. Oh my God. Yeah, it was what badass. A <laughs> it was so funny, dude. It was like, this is, this is how the. The richest have nothing to do or this is exactly how they fuck with each other. Is that legal? No like, fucking no way. There's how close no way. Are you allowed to be to a person's house with a helicopter? I can't imagine you're allowed to be anywhere near personal property. Or I mean, you can kind of fly around in those things. It was very bizarre. When but I what's went, the restricted Burr, space? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I but wonder. when I went out with Burr, like we we're flying around. You just go where you want to go. Like, we flew over downtown L.A., we yeah. flew over these buildings. You're amazed at how many buildings have X's on the top, where they have a landing pad on the top. Now, how do you have to get—now, there's air traffic, of, uh-huh. obviously, he's in communication with. Can you, la- can you land on one of those? It's a very good question. I don't think so. I think it's private property. Sure. But I think that—I don't know if you have to tell everybody where you're going. You know, like, if you're on a, f- a plane, you have, you have a direct pad. flight path. Yeah. But they're kind of 
Bill's kind of moving around, like doing whatever he wants to do. And they're like, yeah. let's go over here. Okay, we're going over here. <laughs> let's go over to that thing. And then the the guy who he's with is like his, his co-pilot, who's his instructor. Yeah. Is it, you know, they're talking about where to go, I'll set it down here, and then you're going to lift it up. And so he sets it down on this hill. It's such, a, it's such a comedian's machine of flight, though. Because it's like, I'll just, wherever, man, we'll figure it out as we go. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like you're improving the whole time in the air. You're like, I guess we'll go over the fucking buildings. We'll go over there. Ooh. I did that once in a uh, single engine Cessna. Ooh. Yeah, when I was in college, man, I was so dumb. My buddy, my buddy Mark was a pilot. Yeah. He used to take us up all the time. And that, it, honestly, I don't regret it. But looking back, I'm lucky I'm alive. Mm. We would just go. Like, we would fly to, we flew to San Diego. We flew all over Denver. He was like, you want to see the stadium? I was like, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> fuck. Wow. Stone flying over the stadium. He was sober. He was sober. But I was like, it's funny that, that we, if, you, if you're if you in training, you can just take one of these fucking things up. You and can take one. fly around. Yeah, you can take one. Yeah. You have to register a flight, uh, flight, flight plan and then... You know, he pays for miles while he's getting his permits, and you pay for gas and all that stuff. Mm. Yeah, dude, we just took it. We would take it to play. It was in, we landed in Long Beach one time at Long Beach Little Regional Airport. Yeah, dude, it was it, we were it was very stupid. When I used to hang out with Phil Hartman, he had his own plane. He had one of those kind of planes, a like single a engine little plane. Cessna. He yeah. took me up in his plane. He would he was so like. Uh, so disciplined in his like his aviation work, like he had like in between takes, he would go over his flight book. He was yeah. like reading, is reading all this because he had to take his flight examination. So he started doing it when we first started news radio. But like two years later, he's got a plane, he's flying around, and so I'd it's go awesome. up. I went up with him once in this little single engine plane. Like, he's showing me like all these areas in the valley and all it's cool, different though. places to live. Yeah. It's sketchy, but it's cool. <laughs> it's sketchy, but it's pretty badass. The freedom that you get, you're just alone up there floating around. It's pretty amazing. It does, Have you it, seen these guys that go up in paramotors? Fuck. They oh, yeah, the paramotors, on their back. paramotors oh are so God, badass. That's so insane. fucking floating at 6,000 feet. That's so insane. Look at that guy. By the way, this is another thing where you're like, you just go wherever the fuck mm. you want to go. Now, how do you stop from getting hit by a plane? Uh, well, you're only five or 6,000 feet up. How many in-air collisions take place? You know? They used to happen more often, I think, but they definitely still happen. They happen at those air shows. Mm. Did you see Dude, that one I recently, that. the oh air show in God. Dallas? It shook my core. <sighs> They're flying those old-ass planes, too. It just banked so strange. The way that other plane like just banked, you were like, oh, God. Like, immediately, oh, you knew almost I, right away. Yeah, that's fucking horrible. But it happens. I feel like, I feel like this happens so much that you're like, why are we still doing these air shows? Doesn't this every year you're like, you hear what happened at the air show and you're like, yeah, the fucking fifteen kids' heads got cut off because they came too low. I feel like every year something wild happens. Unless you're a blue angel, you know yeah. what I mean? Why are we still doing local fucking local air shows? They always. How many air show accidents happen I'm, I'm all the right time? Now. I feel like every year someone's like, ooh, yeah, that was fucked up what happened at that one. Even like those Thunderbird guys, they crash sometimes. I think they have accidents, but I don't know if they crash, crash, but I do think there's, they ha they'll have accidents in the air, but those guys are like... Cream of the crop. Oh, tip top. Mark yeah. Smith, who's one of the UFC referees, mm -hmm. was a Thunderbird pilot. I, I was he? On, yeah, I had him on the podcast. And it's he, amazing. Like you watch like the videos of those guys flying around. Insane. They're like right next to each other's wings. Yeah. Like, I know. It fucks me up when I see it. You're always like, I would, although. All you, know, you have to do is, dink. If it was you and me. 
you know I'd be fucking around. I go, Joe, you're like, don't fuck, don't fuck around. around dude. Oh my God. Do you imagine someone accidentally fucks around? You both die. Tip a wing. Wasn't that in Top Gun? Ready? Fucking. A bad accident. 1982. The Thunderbirds? Yeah, all four died. All four died. Jeez. I don't. I don't know. It says that was the last crash, also. So I don't know that they're. That's incredible. Because they do those, those exhibitions all the time. They're badass, yeah. dude. It's. I mean, just the. I mean, that kind of flying. So imagine cool. the kind of power and maneuverability that a fighter jet has to handle the G's too on those turns, <sighs> flipping like that constantly. I'm immediately throwing up. Like, I went up at the Blue Angels once. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, we uh, did this. Uh, you had to drive all the way down to like San Diego, and then you had to drive deep into the desert. It was pretty far in, mm. and uh, they take you up in an FA eighteen, I think it was. Yeah, it was wild. And you're not using um, a, uh, a a G suit. You're just you're doing something called hooking, where you hold on to the the handle, and as you hit heavier G's, you have to go like this. <gasps> You're literally forcing blood into your head. Right. And you're feeling your consciousness closing in like an elevator door with the G's. We got to six and a half G's before I, I couldn't take it anymore. Six but is a lot. It's a, it was a lot. That's a lot. But those guys can do like nine, 10, 11, 12. Well, sometimes <laughs> sometimes I should like getting stoned and watching those G-Force training videos just because the faces they make are <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At some point. Oh, what's that? It's like that... Um, Oh, JV, uh, grousing, grousing. There's a there's a sport in Britain where people try to make the most fucked up face. There's like an award for it. <laughs> I swear to God, I don't know. I don't know what it's called, dude. But they, there is a. It's like this is old British shit. Like you know, the, like the cheese hill. You know where they roll that cheese down the hill. They yeah. have to chase it. It's kind of like that where it's been around for like three hundred fucking years. But Fox they're like, hunting. Yeah, they're like we're still doing it. But right. it's like who can make the most insanely grotesque absurd face and they put a horse call yeah this what is it called gurning 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 brother <laughs> and it's how long can you hold it like that guy has a nail through his lip oh yeah some what? of the greatest gurning video yeah gurning like this guy <laughs> they should they should combine that with darts <laughs> but this is what the G-Force looks like whenever so I see it. this is the Gurning champion? <laughs> this is what yeah. you did when you didn't have movies and TV. And this stuff. is the Gurning god, yeah. Oh my god, look at these people. There's a contest, the most <laughs> fucked up face you can make. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. This, is a, an or this is a big thing. <laughs> oh my god, look at this guy. How ugly can you be? This is their competition. How oh, the Brits do? They're weird as Professional fuck. When did you hear weird. about this? I don't know. Something. Somebody sent something to me recently. World professional gurning. They have. She's skills. a comic. That's Gina Gashir. I can't. I don't know her. I can't say her last name. She's a comedian. And she's practicing it with them. Yeah, she's obviously she's doing probably a travel show or some yeah. shit. World ladies gurning champion. No thanks. So tell me about your new wife. Uh, well, she's a, a gurning, gurning champ, we're gurning together. <laughs> we're gurning. Someone who doesn't know is like, oh, is that like a, an extreme sport? It's like, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's look, you know, she, it's her passion. So I don't want to pull her away from it. Yeah. That's what people did before there were books. Anything to you, it's when you stared at other humans and you're like, that guy's ugly as fuck. We should make him do a thing to make us laugh because we're bored. How do you get attention in the, in the neighborhood? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. It's the same thing as like gesturing. I imagine how that started was like. An ugly, weird dude did a thing, and everyone laughed at him. And someone higher up was like, you know who would like this? The king. The fucking king. 
How many times did the king murder the jester? <laughs> every time. Every time. That that had to have been part of the bit. Let's Google that. How many jesters were murdered by king? <laughs> Slain jesters. They have. The it king. has to be like a very high number. For sure. Yeah. At some point, they're done laughing. Yeah. Shut the fuck, fuck up. Kill that fucking guy. Guys, like trying too hard. The, uh, and you're drunk. It's like my favorite. Uh, I think I've talked about it on the show, but uh, Stan Stan Macheco. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. His most famous painting is of, called The Jester, and it's one of my fucking favorites. And Stan, Stan Macheco, I think it is. But this, to me, I want. I, if I could buy the original, if I had enough money, I would show. I would buy it because it shows like how comics feel sometimes when you're done. You know, sometimes when you're done off a stage and you're fucking burnt, you're like, mm -hmm. dude, I've been given so much. I'm tired. I did two shows tonight. Like, I, you just kind of have that moment of just decompression. Right. You're not thinking. You know, like after we would do shows together sometimes, you and I would sit in silence in the green yeah. room and just not say anything. Just and catch just, your breath. Just catch your breath and chill out. That's Ooh. that Stan Mateko uh, painting. Look up the jester. I think it's called the jester. Do but, you have any data on how many jesters were murdered? I haven't found anything yet. Just no murderous jesters. weren't murdered. Some no. Most of them weren't that, murdered? Yeah, so it seems like one of them, the most famous one, I'm reading the story about how and why he was killed, but... Uh, How was he killed? It, yeah, what did they do? He like pushed his luck, it seems like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he he asked a question family. to the king about like, what if someone tried to kill me? And he's like, don't worry about that. If someone tries to kill you, they'd be killed. The noble would be beheaded in more than, no, not more than 15 minutes. He responded, why not 15 minutes before? Oh, his reply made sense, but it was not received well. Yeah, bombed. At a later date, he pushed his luck once more by physically humiliating the king. <laughs> After telling some joke, the jester slapped Francis I's royal behind amid roars of laughter from all the court's nobles. Mm -hmm. The monarch threatened to have him hang for this unless he could come up with an apology even more offensive than that act. I'm so sorry, Your Majesty, but I didn't recognize you. I mistook you for the queen. Oh, two times. Mm. His wit really was the stuff of legends, but as you may recall, the only people fully off limits from a court jester's mockery were the queen and her ladies-in-waiting. The talking king about decided my to kill him despite the deal they made, but given that Tribule was physically disabled and probably had magical powers, <laughs> Francis one decided that it would be fair to at least let him choose his way of dying. He did not want to annoy Tribule too much while killing him. So the jester chose. He told the king, good sire, for St. Nicho... How do you say that? Nichus. Nichus's yeah. and St. Panard's sake, patrons of insanity, I choose to die from old age. Oh. The joke completely broke through the king's anger and Tribule was again allowed to live. He ended up only being exiled from the realm. They just kicked him out. Oh. See, I, I couldn't find it even I'm sure they were but like no number and I didn't get anything yet that also sounds like a lot of anecdotal Definitely. horseshit I believe almost none of that but I like all of it I liked it too yeah. I'd like to believe there was a dude that was that funny got his way out of getting you killed gotta know. slapped you... the king's ass made fun of the wife right. and still lived that's Dan Mateko that's my oh, favorite oh yeah so why good. why this is also so <clears throat> powerful to me truly is if you can see on the right there behind him in a more clearer version of this the party is still happening. Oh, yeah. And it's just kind of like, this is this is truly how I feel, where you're like, we just did the gig. I, you did, you Decompress. put... Yeah, you just need to just be quiet by yourself. Does he have notes? Yes, that's all his, yeah, that's all of his performance notes. 1862. Wow. 1862. I never thought of jesters as having notes. Well, I mean, they had to, pre they had to prep for shit. They must have. 
But so right. that's Stancic, yeah, Jan Mat- Jan Mateko. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm stupid, but uh, imagine like how do you apprentice for a jester? Yeah, and that, do you work at someone's house for a little while before I'm, they move you up to a court? I'm sure he's like, hey man, you got to take my notes for my my bits, and he'll probably run <laughs> bits, you know, like those old Catskill comics who just right. tell old jokes. Right, right, right. You that's, know? yeah, and they have somebody who's like, uh, mark down. Uh, sometimes when I. Uh, put my eyes out and I grab my dick they laugh so I put, put that down as a bit after thing and you know there's a young kid who's like oh, grab the dick and then the eye cross cross eye on the right side that had to have been what these guys did because they had to pick people in the you know these guys are the original crowd work kings oh yeah they were this was crowd work at its finest they'd pick people out of the parties they'd go back they'd write some notes about you know something they could lay in because that's what that was interesting I feel like I've heard that before that they said you can't say anything about the queen you can say anything about anybody else. The queen and any of her crew, you're not allowed to say shit about. Mm. But everyone else is like, oh, fuck them all. Fuck everybody. <laughs> like, the king would be like, you can, the most powerful man, fuck him. So, uh, kill the messenger, from what I'm reading, comes yeah. from Chester's being killed in battlefields because they were, uh, they had, the masters made them carry the messages to the other leaders. Great. Sometimes oh. they were killed. Oh, Jester's wow. were often required to go to battlefield with their masters to carry messages between the leaders of wearing warring armies, demanding that a city surrender to a besieging army or delivering the terms for the release of hostages. Unfortunately for jesters, the enemy did sometimes kill the messenger as an act of defiance, especially if they regarded the terms being offered as an insult. And some used a catapult or a trebuchet to hurl the unfortunate messenger or his severed head back into <laughs> his own camp as a graphic <laughs> illustration of what they thought of the message. Dude, can oh. you imagine a trebuchet, fucking a huge human catapult, but just you're chilling with your boys and <laughs> your old boy's head comes up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told them to go tell them to go fuck themselves. No, I say, he said go fuck himself. I guess they fucked I, I said, guess they fucked him. Give me all you women and all your gold <laughs> and we're good. <laughs> then a fucking head comes but flying into the windshield. Sometimes that cruel and unusual punishment shit that they would do from years ago, like some of it was like, Gross, grossly funny. It's still gross, but it's like that's hilarious to be like, cut his head off, throw it back at those guys. Yeah, and they would just load it up in a catapult, fucking well, huck it at your friends. The psychological aspect of a fucking head flying over the, the wall of the castle. It's a deep cut. You think anybody Oof. laughed? You think of the crew? You think one guy was like, <clears throat> they're probably used to it. Yeah, they're probably used to people getting their heads chopped off. I mean, back then people fought with swords. Every, people died every day that every someone you knew day. someone was dying. And probably in the streets, people are getting stabbed left and, left and right because like yeah. life and death was probably so cheap. Just it was a, a commonplace where you're like, ah, yeah, he died, big deal. Yeah, he got cut up. It happens. Yeah, they sliced his arms off. Yeah, what are you gonna do? The Mongols would light people on fire and then use their bodies to light buildings on fire with catapults. I thought you were gonna say for warmth. Did they ever light people on for just just to sure warm up? Sure, they did. Like it's they cold. Probably did whatever they wanted to. It's like man, I'm freezing. Burn, burn, Nick. If you could imagine horrific ways that people died, that one of the things they did would they when they the way they would kill royals is they wouldn't kill them like they would kill like regular people. So they would put them sometimes they would stack them. And then put boards over the top of them and then eat dinner on top of them and crush them to death. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> they used you as a table? You were a little a side table? table? You, were the, you were the thing under the table. That's so awful. They built like a whole structure over you. <laughs> and then everybody would like lay the tables out and all the food out and then all the people would walk onto it and then they'd just crush you. The visual is funny. I know it's terrible, but it's just funny. It's fucking dark, <laughs> It's fucking dark, fucking dark dude. <laughs>
That's yeah. that's not that long ago that people did that to people. No. It's not that long ago. No. But the reasoning has changed so heavily. It's funny. You know how technology, they say it's like it jumps like, you know, it's like the fastest moving thing we have. It's technology continually just like yeah. overleaping itself. Think about giving us a little bit of credit as a society, as people, that we're pretty good to a degree at times changing our ways of like... We can't do that For shit For the anymore. most part. Yeah, we're yeah. trying. Yeah. But I think it's, it's kind definitely of- definitely a lot better. Well, it's only going to get better, which is wild that you think that not that long ago that shit would happen, but you're like, it is nice we don't do that yeah. anymore. But now we kill people with drones. Like yeah. if you're in a wedding party in Yemen and you hear- <laughs> You hear something headed your way. <laughs> you're like, what? Boom. It's, it's a gift from someone. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, we're more uh, the drone thing's wild. Further, we're we're getting further away from. We don't want to see it. Yeah, we don't want to eat lunch on your compressing body. No, but we want to pay someone far away to do it to you. But we want to launch uh, a rocket out of our flying robot. It's yeah, nuts. Yeah, it's it's terrible. But you know, we're not pulling on your yeah, the China the fucking the Chinese torture tactics were wild though. You read about those things like they were. What they do? Like well, I mean. Water torture might be like the one that most people know. That might be like the, I think that's probably like the uh, easiest one. Do you know what I mean? I mean, they took tactics from, you know, like even stuff like four horsemen type of shit, pulling you in all separate directions. Mm. I mean, people would watch you get pulled apart apart, and yeah. stand there. Yeah. <laughs> like no big deal. Like it's, you know. What's this one? These are uh, torture methods. Forced to Biden's in a painful China. position. So your head would be in a cage. And then your foot would be on a stool. That's in, that's. I mean, that's nuts. Yeah. So they make you stay outside in freezing cold overnight. Oh. Yeah. Boy. So inside's fine. Outside, it's like negative twelve. And your head is stuck in the cage. And if you wobble enough, the stool falls. You fall asleep. You die. You Jesus choke yourself Christ. out. Christ. Um, that's just that kind. There's hanging, electroshocking, force feeding. Oh. Burning, scalding. Yeah. Look at that. That one. Pouring hot water on you all day long. Yeah. <laughs> all day. Just burning water, in, intermittently burning with water. What is that? Go up a little bit, burning hot iron bars? Yeah, I was trying to see. Some victims were tortured with burning hot iron bars. Due to the bad hygienic standards in Chinese prison, this leads to the wounds becoming infected. Man, they were good at it, dude. The Chinese were good at fucking with you. Isolation. Whoa. That shit's crazy. Halfway underwater. Oh. Water dungeons. Yeah, water dungeons. Yeah. <laughs> shit's nuts <laughs> dude it's nuts by the way the bottom one is just tough for people like me Prohibi prohibition of eye contact and speaking <laughs> they're like just don't let that idiot talk to you he'll f kill himself at some point stab and cut wounds yeah. Ling Chi you know Ling Chi you know what that is right no death of a thousand cuts they slowly cut you with minuscule cuts oh. thousands and thousands of times God. red pepper is blown into the victim's eyes or nose make you not go to the bathroom oh Wait, do link bring up Ling Chi so I make sure I'm not saying I'm not saying the wrong thing. But I think that's the one. Your skin begins to like uh, f just like fold off itself. Yeah, Ling Chi, Ling Chi. Oh God. Slow slicing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That shit's insane. Most terrifying punishment in history. Cut by torture. Cut by cut torture method known as Ling Chi may have been used for hundreds of years. Oh my God. Yeah, the Tang, Tang Dynasty started that shit, baby. So they tie you up. Human beings are capable of some horrific shit, man. Wretched. And they got a kick out of this shit. Like, this was like fun. This was like, you know, this is them being like, 
I know what we want to do with this guy. Not Ugh. kill him. Not just shoot him and get it over with. I mean, it's just wild to me to want to see it. Just sit and watch some guy just slowly skin falls off his bones. This does say oh. that many of the accounts of Lynchy have been mythologized. Oh, really? To fit a sensationalized Western narrative. Savage practices. The ten savage. All right. So maybe it's what it, what's they're saying. It's one case provided photographic evidence. Okay. Wasn't well, one enough? I think so. How many do you fucking need? There. That is insane. That's not good. No. What? Oh my god! Look at the dude's ribs. Yeah, I'm not showing that on the screen. No, fuck that. Oh, don't show that. Don't, don't show, show that. that. And that guy's still alive. He was said to meditate daily upon the image below in particular. I never stopped being obsessed by this image of pain. At the same time, ecstatic and intolerable. Oh my god! Look how horrible that is. Dude, have you seen? Have you seen this? Made me think. Have you seen that family in like Puerto Rico? They like exhumed their grandmother and walked her around town. What? <laughs> it just was on the news. I don't know if it was Puerto Rico. They exhumed their grandmother. And weekend at Bernie's her? <laughs> they did, town? bro. They puppeted her around town. And people in the streets, are heard, they, it translated. They said they heard saying, let the dead rest. Put her back. Put her back. But apparently, like, they have the legal right to exhume family bodies. Something in the article was saying how, like... How late after she died? I mean, oh, she... Oh, hold on. What is it? Not true. Not true. That's not true? Well, according to Snopes, this is, uh, I mean, tell me, is this the thing you saw? No, that's not it. Okay. Nope. Well, then. I'm no, no, no. I don't know what, it, it's a Spanish-speaking country, and I'm foolish to not know what it was, but it, they exhumed their grandmother. Um, walked her around Walked town? her around town. Yeah, there's a, there was a video in the po New York Post put it up of them, like, speaking to her. Do New York oh, Post exhumes oh, grandmother? Is it that? Where? Yes, right there. That's what it. What the fuck? Yeah, this what is this the is real. Fuck. Drop dead gorgeous. <laughs> post hilarious. Grandmother buried for ten years, still has a full head of hair and enough bones to stand up with little support. Dominican. Buried for ten years. The DR. So they pulled her out out of being in the ground for ten years. Eighty six when she died. Eighty six in two thousand twelve. Pull that up. Make go full screen with that. Uh, That's insane. Look at that. They're, they're like making sure her dress is on. People they say in the video are heard saying like, "Let the dead rest. Put her back." This is you know. What this do you is do? So insane. He's smiling. That is so insane. He's rocking. And so this lady's like putting her dress on. Yeah. Like, girl, grandma, you look lovely. Keep her decent. He's wearing a Toronto Blue Jays hat, though. How Shout out, Blue Jays. How crazy is that? How crazy is that? They thought that was a good idea. But if I'm not mistaken, in the article, it says that they say this is not illegal to exhume your own blood. Go to the picture of it, Jamie, right below it. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that nuts, dude? Bro, that's like right out of The Walking Dead. Yes. Like, if you saw that, you would assume that that's not real. Yeah, the family was in complete shock. Yeah. Oh, they were shocked that it stayed. She stayed together so long. Ugh, still had skin covering parts of the bones. So they wanted to move her to another cemetery. Oh God! Dominican Republic, dude. Look at the one down below. Look at that photo. <gasps> that's what she looked like when they pulled her out before they put the the dress on her. Oh my God, that's so creepy. So creepy, dude. That's her alive. That's how you should remember oh. her. Go back up again to that picture. What the fuck, dude? Also, 10 years, still full head of hair. Shocking, though. I was blown away. I'm like, full head of hair, 10 years? Well, what would you think the hair would just rot out of the head with For the sure. That's what I thought. Yeah. It looks like she's mummified. Well, maybe they did put her in something. Ugh. Put her in a movie. Well, then there's the embalming, right? Like, what does that do? That stops you from deteriorating yeah. the same way, right? Formaldehyde? Is, did she get embalmed? Is that why she's like that? Or is that a, like a mummification process? That looks more mummified. Because isn't yeah. embalming... 
Doesn't that like really, that preserves the shit out of you, right? Well, I know from that HBO autopsy show, they would go and dig up and bomb bodies and find out that there was like arsenic in them and things that the people had done to poison the people and kill people. Oh my, like after the fact, yeah. Yeah, they'd like, they'd solve some murders. I knew a guy that was doing a documentary about body brokerage where, you know, your body parts could be sold. No, I'm good, baby. Yeah, sure. You, uh, your body parts could be sold. Um, for mortem. Yeah. So you can make a deal while you're alive. I don't know. I don't know or the specifics. It was like so. after they were dead, like they would sell grandma. And he said the high percentage of these, the high percentages of what was going on, you know, in this marketplace was for reassignment surgery. So it was like, you know, it was either like skin for new dicks or skin for vaginal reconstructive surgery and shit. Really? Like that. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. When he was doing it. When was this? Seven, seven or eight years ago. The body trade. Yeah, it's a real thing. Well, I have heard about it being a real thing in terms of organ donors. Yeah, body brokers. I think that was the name of his old. That, that's yeah, the name. Body of his parts old. from American donors have been exported to at least forty-five countries and thousands of parts sent abroad annually. Yeah. Demand is high in nations where customs limiting limit selling or dissecting their own dead. Right. In the U.S., though, almost anything goes. Yeah, it was like, uh, Bro. yeah, he, I, I, so I ran into him in, um, I'm looking it up because I'm so stupid. Uh, I ran into him in an airport a long time ago. It was a guy named Julian Nitzberg. Um, I was looking to see if I could find the name You're of still it. Still rocking, no case. Huh? No case, never no case, dude. We've talked about this every time I come. Never no, no case. Fuck cases. Don't Amazing. don't do it. Get the Apple Care and just break your phone. Fuck it. Amazing. You're gonna die one day. Who You're gives still a shit? no case too. Yeah. Fuck that. Fuck cases. Rare no case. People. What are you gonna do, man? Uh, this guy, Julian Nitzberg, though, I ran into him in an airport. He did a documentary that you'd love called Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. I know that documentary That's him. very well. He did that. My, my Julian, I met him I met him years ago through like um through like Dick House guys. My name is Bobby Sue. I always <laughs> thought they all thought of me yeah. as a sexy one of the family. I shot my I shot my dad the kid shot his dad in the fucking face and he lived. His dad came to his house and he shot him fucking lived. But that guy Julian, he was doing a body broker thing and he was like it's fascinating to where you can find out like where your grandma's your grandma's arm is going to be someone's cock one day and he was i was like is this all real he's like you'll see when i'm done with the thing i don't know if he's still working on your it grandma's but. arm is going to be someone's cock yeah kind of wild can they get to the point where they make a cock that feels like a cock to you i mean i felt a lot of cocks in my day and so I don't if someone really... was jerking off your arm it's even though you feel your arm this kind of feels like a dick this but is a it's a hairy not, dick right but it's not that big a deal Someone jerks off your arm. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't do anything for nah. you. Like, you can stop. Yeah, cut it out. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, imagine if they could make a dick that feels the way a dick feels. Not just looks. Like, I've seen the ones where they do their trans men and they get, like, a big chunk of their leg removed. So there's this enormous scar on their leg. For and dick? Then, yeah, yeah. And then they get a, a monster hog. Why installed. can't you take old dead dick skin and make it new dick skin? Is that not possible? From a dead person? Yeah, why is that Could not? Be. So body Brokers? That came out called Body Brokers. That's a scripted film, though. It is, but it's yeah. about a similar thing where, like, a rehab found out that it was really a fraud cover-up for a multi-billion dollar company that takes... Whoa. See, look at this. Go back up to the top. Yeah. It says, nearly all of the film is based on John's real-life experience, and what wasn't was based on other people's shared experiences with patient brokering... That's a little bit different. In South, Southern California. Without naming who specifically, Swab and Rosen confirmed that almost every part of the film is based on one person's experience. Fucking wild. 
bro. That just came out, Jamie? That's a 2021? Yeah, this actually though sounds like it's a slightly different thing. Well, when they do that to Chinese political prisoners, and they, you know, like, hey, Mr. Wilson from Connecticut, you need a heart? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got you. And you run a, a hedge fund? Yeah. We, we might be able to get you to the top of the list. It's going to be all right. What was your blood type again? <laughs> we got them all, man. Check it's it out. It's going to cost X, Y, or Z, yeah. and then bam. Yeah, I wonder, why can't they just take old dick skin and make it new dick skin? Because you're right, dick skin is, is not, dick skin is different. That's a good question. How do you explain it? Dick How do you make it different? feel like a dick? That's that's the thing, to you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, could that be done? Could they, like, hypersensitize all the skin around that area? Well, like, turn your right, like, turn this into, stem like... Stem cells? Just fucking, stem cells. Yeah, that's got to yeah, be right. just program it to become a dick. Where can they grow a dick, Jamie? Can they oh, grow dicks? Uh, well, all right, so... I'm finding stuff here. Right as you ask me a question. Um, Jamie always gets in these. Like, I found right, a man. post that says, like, what can human skin, human t- what products are made from human tissue? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's things you might assume. Dental implants. Mm-hmm. Cornea transplants. Yeah. And penis augmentation, heart valves, breast reconstruction. Uh, I thought I saw a thing. There was a manifest on a on a, a ship somewhere that said that there was 6,000 pounds of human tissue. 6,000 pounds of... It was valued at $67,000, but they didn't know what was inside there. Wait, what? 67,000 so pounds? This was a... They were smuggling it I'm in? I'm piecing together stories of body brokering like very re- loosely. Like, this isn't it. This is bringing up the movie stuff, but... Um, uh, I don't even know how I got to it. I don't know in here. I've got a few links up. Mm. Yeah, this is a body, the body trade. Yeah, I found it in this, I guess. Whoa. 10,000 body parts from donors, <sighs> shipping overseas. Oh, here you go. According to Manifest, shipment found bound for Europe included 6,000 pounds of human remains valued at $67,000. They kept it in a five-degree Fahrenheit container. And it was like the found. body parts came from a Portland business called Medicure Inc., a so-called body broker. Medicure profits by dissecting the bodies of altruistic donors and sending the parts to medical training and research companies. Well, yeah, you're doing a good thing. I guess. What do you want to do, dude? Do you want to be buried? Do you want to be you want to be cremated? What do you want when it's over? It's a good question. I think the move is Tibetan sky funeral. What's up? Do you know the Tibetan <laughs> sky funeral? No, dude. That's the move. What is that? The move is they take you. They take your body, no embalming. Huh. They cut you up. And they bring you to the top of a mountain where they chop they chop you up and feed you to vultures while everybody watches. Why? And the vultures know that that's what you're there for because they feed people to these vultures all the time. Mm. And so the vultures just eat the people. Why do you want it's, that? It's a ritualistic tradition. Well, at least my body will be useful. Right. Goes back to nature. I guess. Let's go to Tibetan sky funeral. <laughs> Joe. So this is a Tibetan sky a funeral. So look at all these vultures just kind of chilling because they know that people are bringing over bodies. Let's look. They're fighting over big chunks. That's like a chunk of a human. So they're chunk, cutting chunks of hair and meat and all these different pieces. And so uh, I don't know how much they're going to show in this. Here's one. I'll just skip ahead to but, this 45-second video. Yeah. So this is a, a human body that they've left there. I don't know how much you can see. Oh, I guess we would assume it's human too. We don't know that. It could be mm, something else. Maybe it could. Not. I think it's not. mostly people. <laughs> just, just Those not. are people's bodies laying there. Yeah. It looks like it at least. 
and they they take them, they take their clothes off, they chop them up, and then the vultures eat them, and everybody watches. And this is how you want to. This is it for Joe. This is Joe Rogan. <laughs> how would you want to do? Uh, burn me up, dude. Burn me. Well, because uh, I don't want to take up any more space. I'm, I already took up enough space while I'm here. Look at you. Oh, no, I, I, well, I mean it in the sense climate of climate like, change. Too many people. No, fuck that. Not because World of that population. Well, just because it's like, what, what do you? Need? You don't need me around anymore. I'm gonna take up any more fucking. Uh, my grandfather used to say, "Land is for the living." He never. He was like, "Fucking cemeteries are bullshit." He's They're like, "Weird." He's like, "Land's for the living." I don't. Need, you don't need that. You're gone. You did it. Fuck off. Do you think there's probably got to be a lot of people that are eyeing that big ass cemetery in L.A. and going, the, you know "How much this is worth, brother?" The uh, Hollywood Forever Cemetery, or, or, or yeah, no, no, no. Well, that's one. That's no, where they do movies and stuff. Yeah, what's the, no? What's the one I'm thinking of? Uh, the one near the four hundred five. I know it's yeah. huge. It's huge, and it's prime real estate. It's it's beautiful. <laughs> is that a veteran cemetery? Part of it. There is a there is a veteran part. Hollywood for uh, not. Uh, I mean, um, Forest Lawn. Forest Lawn. That's Damn. it. Yeah. Part of it is, and then that, the other part of it is people. Just 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 fucking Mike and Jane. That land. Owned. What's that? It's privately owned. Yeah, that it is. land's got to be worth billions. Well, there's multiple. You know where Michael Jackson's, like, he's above Glendale, right? Like, there's Forest Lawn has multiple locations, or there are multiple parts to the cemetery, but th there's, like, a ton of famous people born uh, buried in by the Glendale Temple, I think. Um, you know who's buried? This is funny. I don't know even, this popped into my brain. My <clears throat> My dad's old house was in a neighborhood in Chicago, and across the street... From literally from his house was a, an old cemetery, and a bunch of old famous gangsters were apparently buried there. Like um, right across from his house was Jack Ruby. Whoa! Do you know who that guy is? He's the guy that shot Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, of course. He was buried across the street from my my dad, and I was reading up about him because I was like, I want to know more about. I think his name was like Ruben Jack Rubenstein or something like that. But all about his motives, and then there was all these conspiracy theories about even people didn't even think he might not be the one that killed. Lee Harvey Oswald. Oh, he definitely killed Lee Harvey Oswald. Well, right. They, but then they it's say video. That, that that he shot him, right? Mm -hmm. But then, then then there was people said that that's not what killed Lee Harvey Oswald. Well, that's definitely what killed him. Um, but he I didn't mean, die he made, on the spot, no, right? No, he didn't die on the spot, right? But I mean, he shot him in the guts. Right, he went right. But it was a twenty-two. No, right? I don't think so. Look up how Jack Ruby shot it Lee Harvey like Oswald. A Thirty-eight. Yeah, what did he use? I don't believe he used. Oh, well, a that is bigger than I thought. That looks like a thirty-eight to uh, me. It's pretty small. It's not really though. Is the dude. arm in the way? Did he already shoot him by then? I think he. I think he had shot him by. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's like right in there. Oh yeah, you're probably just curling it from the shot. Just Google what kind of gun Jack Ruby used to kill Lee Harvey Oswald. But yeah, that 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 headstone's right across the street from my dad's old house. I mean, he's not obviously he moved away from there, but. Do you know Jack Ruby was connected to MK Ultra? What? Yeah. How? Jolly West, the head guy from the CIA from NK Ultra, yeah. went to visit Lee Harvey Oswald. After he shot, well, um, went to visit rather Jack Ruby after he shot Lee Harvey Oswald. And after Jolly West left, Jack Ruby was insane. He went insane. He was hiding underneath his, uh, his bunk. He was saying that they're burning the Jews alive and millions are dying. Like he, he gave him acid. Well, yeah. He dosed him up. Tripped him out. While he was inside Whoa. after he had shot Lee Harvey Oswald. And shortly after that, he died of cancer. Yeah, cancer like riddled his body. I was reading about him and like lit it, and, and it came like out of nowhere. Like they, pro it, they probably mm-hmm. Came a little shut the fuck. Oh, shut up. the little fuck the fuck. Shut the fuck up. Just shot. Gave him a little shut the fuck up shot. Because they were like, oh no, man, he got cancer overnight. <laughs> like what? It was all over his body. Yeah. But before he was okay, totally. They probably just force fed him radiation. Something. Gave they gave him, him radiation something. with his acid. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
But that MK Ultra thing, the, there's a book on it called Chaos by Tom O'Neill. It's an amazing book. He was Greg Fitzsimmons' uh, next door neighbor for like 20 years. What? And he'd been working on this one book. Started off as a magazine article, and as he started researching the magazine article, it just got deeper and deeper. He found out more inconsistencies and more things that were fucked up. And then he eventually realized that Charles Manson had been visited by Jolly West in prison and that they had experimented with Charles Manson with crowd control and mind control and cult control methods and they provided him with LSD most likely and most certainly got him out of jail every time he got arrested afterwards. People who had arrested Charles Manson for all sorts of shit while he was on parole that should have put him in jail for the rest of his life. They were like, well, he's, uh, he's above our pay grade. We're being told to let him go. So they would just let him go. And then he would go out and run these hippies and have them murder people. And this is at the time where they were trying to infiltrate the hippie movement. The same way the F FBI tries to infiltrate these fucking wacky militias and get them to go kidnap the governor of Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Back then, they would dose people up with acid and get the hippies to go murder people. They're like, this is a great way to crack down on the anti-war movement. Great, yeah. did, great way to crack down on the hippies. Get everybody terrified of this young movement of these, uh, these flower children. And they're not so peaceful after all. Matter of fact, they're fucking murderers. So they literally got a murderer in prison, got a crazy psychopath in prison in Charles Manson, taught him how to run a cult, taught him how to control people with LSD, and then supplied him with LSD and sent him out in the world. Holy shit. Yeah. That's trippy as It's time. an amazing book, man. The book's great because it's very detailed, as you can imagine, because Tom worked on it for 20 fucking years. And how many has he written outside of that? I don't think any. That was the one. I think that's his big book. That's yeah. the one. He's working on a second book because he had so much data just from that one case that I think he's working on a second book right now. What's it called? Chaos. Chaos. Yeah. It's wild. It's, it's really interesting stuff, man. 38. 38. 38. Yeah. The most famous gun in the world. An original bullet shot from the most famous gun in the world. Someone Jack Ruby. Colt Cobra. 38 special. Yeah. See, I know my guns. But look at it. It says 435 out of 5,000. Well, so they shot bullets out of it, I think, to sell. Someone yeah. That's they shot 5,000 bullets out yeah. of it to sell. How many Someone dummies like, I want that bullet. <laughs> shot that son of a bitch, Lee Harvey Oswald, who definitely acted alone. Yeah. He was by himself. Give me that bullet. I want to shoot a gun, shoot something. That is so funny. They had a meeting about it. They're like, should we just shoot bullets out of that fucking thing and yeah. sell them? Someone's like, yeah, some dummy will buy that shit. Why do they only do 5,000? They should do it every year. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. People do it till the product runs them. out. Yeah. yeah. What are you, crazy? <laughs> the gun still works. Now you know how the card game works. That's, That's right. what's happened in the cards with the Ken Griffey Jr. card. What That's happened? How, that was like the most famous baseball card you could buy for a while. Yeah. And it turns out like Upper Deck got caught printing sheets and sheets and sheets of them and selling them to the collectors. And they're no not numbered? They, they weren't numbered? No, they weren't. It was it, uh, There's a documentary about this, actually, that's like a scam, and the card it, it ruined the card industry for quite a while. And now only one company is allowed to sell baseball cards. And, Who is it? Uh, Tops? Uh, Upper Deck? I think Tops got the contract, yeah. Yeah, the same way I feel about golf, I feel about baseball cards. Like, what are you wasting your time <laughs> doing? <laughs> now that I understand. <laughs> At least golf is a career. There's a sport. Yeah, yeah there's something a, to it's it. it's a legit sport. Like, some people... You know, they make a lot. Of, what do you think about the fucking the live golf thing? Love it. Dude. Absolutely love it. Why not? No, tell me more. Here's the reason. Uh, and I told you I, before this, I know a guy that went over there. Uh, and I and here's the thing. Some people love the preservation and the history of the PGA. I get it. Tradition. A lot of things about the PGA are bullshit. 
and particularly the idea that the PGA had a stronghold on them. It was kind of like, it has like the remnants of like contracts from studios in the 50s for actors where you're like, we own your fucking ass, your likeness, your rights, your images. When the golfers golf, they can't use that footage. They have to license it from the PGA. So if I'm out playing and I want to be like, hey, man, I want to put up a post on Instagram about this dope ass putt I hit or whatever, this great, you have to buy it. You have to buy your shit back from them. Bullshit. Why? If I'm a, if I'm Zion Williamson in the NBA and I fucking yoke on someone, I put my dick in their fucking face and dunk on them, Whoa. the NBA can't wait to give you the footage. They're like, dude, post that shit because it's going to help their brand. PGA is old white guy bullshit. And it's, I get it that it's antiquated. So some of the younger guys were like, fuck this. I want more freedom and fun. I want something different. Mm -hmm. Some of them, their careers are on the other side. Mm -hmm. So they might not be making so much more to win money. Right. So this is a great alternative. The problem people had was like Dustin Johnson or, you know, guys that are at the top. And they're like, why are you pulling your game over there? You could, do you think you, you think you can't win anymore in this? Which is part of the controversy. It's like, oh, do you? But what's the big controversy? Well, the big controversy is Saudi money. The Saudis. Yeah, but yeah. but but Saudi money is invested in t tons of shit. Look up, uh, look up, look up Saudi, look up Saudi money LPGA. Look that up. Uh, the Saudi the, the the investment of the Saudis isn't like a new thing in American sports. So it's this is people are just mad because the PGA particularly is mad because they look. They're looking something in the face that's threatening them. It's not going to be bigger than the PGA, but it's an alternative that's fun. People like it. I, I, it's not going to be bigger. Not going to take it over. But they but don't. What people are concerned with is that people are leaving and they're going to work for someone who's been accused of some horrific shit. Sure, but who made your jeans? These are American jeans. But you know what I mean. It's like most These people are made by origin. But, but most people. Go, oh, dude, I don't like that. It's like you're made. Your fucking shirt was made by a Chinese kid. There's a lot. Well, your phone. If you're complaining about stuff, you're literally complaining on a device that was made by slaves. Well, that's my point. So yeah. I think that when somebody, when you start to get into nitpicky stuff, I'm always like, mm. I understand the idea of like being like people are anti them playing for Saudi money. But you, if you think you're not involved in Saudi money at a high sports level, I'm sorry, but it's there. Well, the WWE fans are freaking out now, right? Why, Jamie? What's that about? They announced last night that the Saudi investment fund bought the WWE, I believe. Okay. Well, what are you going to do? What happens now? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this is no, what there, happens now? Well, there's no uh, divas. There's not going to be any women. Look at that. Vince headlines. McMahon. WWE talent done if company is sold to Saudi oh. Arabia. Thank you, brother. Wrestling. It says it's not sold to Saudi Arabia, according to them. So this is what was happening on Twitter last night. Oh. Twitter, WWE Twitter world freaked out. It was like trending all night. People well, go to Snopes. Oh. What does Snopes have to say? Oh, they had an answer? Oh, they yeah. did. Is WWE being so... Uh, research research in progress. Oh. Still going. So, yes. So, the answer is yes, and they just can't Jeez. leak it. Yes. <laughs> no, but well, I... Uh, the money comes around if it's it's a substantial increase in money. I think here's the deal. I, I understand tradition, but if these guys want an alternative league to play in, who, who uh, fucking let them go play. I don't... Who gives a shit? I don't know. Why do you need a monopoly of one league? I mean, you look at the history. That's of not what the problem is. What, what people have a problem with is Jamal Khashoggi. Jamal Khashoggi, who was a journalist for the Washington Post, who was dismembered at the Turkish embassy, at the supposedly at the instructions of the Saudi royals. Yeah, he, he was critical of them. 
Yeah, but I mean, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know who, and I don't know who who literally is funding. They could be just Saudi businessmen that are funding live. I don't know this particulars, but I don't know. That's what I'm saying is like, uh, whatever. If they want to go play in that league and they're comfortable with it, let them go play, I guess. Fuck it. What an American perspective. Well, let them go play. It's fucking capitalism, baby. You want to get that fucking that, check, dude? That's the Trump perspective. Well, get that fucking check, dude. Trump told them it's an amazing, amazing organization. They're doing great things. Doing great things. Go get that money. I think, honestly, here's what's really going to happen. They're going to go get that money and then they're going to leave. Then it's going to be over and it's going to dissipate into nothing. Or not. If they have that kind of cheddar, they well, have it, enough cheddar they could literally keep this going forever if no, they wanted yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. And they wouldn't put a dent in them. No, no, it's not that. And you're right. It's more that what guys are going to be willing to either stay there or continue to go over there. So the problem is the talent, right? It's like anything else. It's like, But they're having the events here. Correct. I went to one. So you don't have to stay. You don't have to go over there. I don't. I don't think they only. I, only th- I think they only play one over there. All. All of them are here. Like I mm. went to one in Chicago, Rich Harvest Farms, uh, and yeah. I mean, I, you know, look, it's it's really interesting to to see the internal uproar, which I immediately attribute to golf is an old tradition sport, so people are really particular. So they don't even like that someone's entering the conversation. The outs. The other perspective, obviously, is the one that is the bigger deal is. People are people are think it's an immoral move, right? Unethical so move. Unethical if it was move. instead some enormous hedge fund got together and they put all their money together and decided to fund their own alternative golf agency, people, or they'd be golf fucked tour. just as mad. I right. think they would be just as upset. People would be, the PGA does not want competition. They don't like that guys are even thinking about going. And then I think personally, they're shoehorning in the Saudi stuff to go, and that's bad. See. They're more mad about business interests. They don't give a. F- they don't fucking care about. How the Saudi much of shit. a f- effect is it having on the top players? Nothing. I mean, my buddy, my buddy's doing a documentary that's coming out on Netflix. Uh, I think coming up soon in the first quarter of the year about um, the PGA. And during it, during the middle of the filming, half of the guys left and went to live. And he films both perspectives. So, and it's supposed to be really good. It's just, it's not changed much. What's the t- the highest level? player the highest paycheck the phil, highest lever level like a guy who's like a championship caliber phil mickelson is one of the greatest of all time arguably in a in a span of many many golfers right? i'm not saying he's like number one or number, i'm not saying i'm just saying he is one of the best of all time and he is the i think he's the biggest money right wasn't he the biggest him or dj Johnson, yeah him yeah. or dj got the most but but and what kind of money we're talking about 150 mil supposedly to just come over to play before they won any extra money before oh. they got paid out Oh yeah, but it's also part of a contract. No one knows the details of these contracts. Well, they're private, right? They yeah. don't have to disclose. Didn't they lose all their sponsors once they went over there, though? A lot of them, a lot of them lost some of their sponsors, but uh, I don't know if you need them anymore after 150 mil clears. Right. Yeah, I think, I think. Like, what kind of sponsors are we talking about? CDW, you know, like business investment firms. Mm. Golf is sponsored heavily by, like, you know. A TD Ameritrade and shit that you're... Oh, it's, right. it's a lot of that Which shit. Which makes sense because yeah. all those guys are the guys who like golf. Yeah, that's who likes golf. Yeah, businessmen. Old businessmen. They love to do business meetings on the golf course, Good to right? see you, Phil. I bet if you're like a businessman, you probably have to play golf in I think some it's, circles. It's an advantage. I don't know if in the new era, I'm, you know, I, my, you know, our age is... What's going on now in the youth of business, I don't fucking know what 22-year-olds have to do to like get through in the corporate world, but I imagine... Uh, it's still a part of it to a degree, you know? Mm. It's an inner circle that you're going to get leverage from some way or another. It's like going to a good school. It's like, dude, I went to Arizona State. Did I have any connections? 
I made zero fucking friends. Yeah. I made a lot of fucking friends, but none of them could help me business wise. It's not like going to Yale. No, yeah, you go to you go to an accredited university. Someone's daddy is a somebody, and mm -hmm. so that's a big advantage in going to a and good school. You meet school. that guy, and you might want up working for his firm. He might give you a fucking job. Yeah. You want a job? Does your does your kid want a job? It's like that shit. But Billy's a good kid. Really good kid. And he's top of his class. I give him a couple hundred grand a year out of school. We'll let him fuck off for two years, and then we'll figure it out. Show him how to do coke. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give him a bump. But so I think. Uh, I, I, like at the end of the day, whatever people, whatever those guys want to do, I just want to watch golf. So I don't give a shit. I'm definitely the PGA is still going to be the number one because it has, you know, the Masters. It has tournaments where you're. It's it's just now. Is this the general attitude of most people? Most people are just letting it go. They don't I think care. Most or guys, people are outraged. Most guys my age. I think Jamie might be in a similar boat where you're like, I don't fucking give a shit. But my dad's generation. Is like no fucking ridiculous. You can't. You don't. That you go supporting the fucking Saudis and you go over there and you're abandoning the ship that like you sailed in on. You know mm -hmm. the PGA built you and it formed you. It would be like if the UFC had a big competitive uh, had a had a competitive thing come forward with way more money, which I don't know if that's happened. I'm ignorant. You could tell me if it has, but it hasn't. But if it ha that that's kind of the same thing where people there's some would go, guys who get really good deals that they wouldn't get in the UFC. So what happens is um, if there's talent that's available that's top flight talent, uh, Bellator has options. Uh, you know, that's an option. Yeah. And a, lo a lot of guys will go to Bellator because Bellator will pay them more. But it's like when you get to the world championship, like the Conor McGregor, Khabib Nurmagomedov level, I think they make more money in the UFC. Right. I so think because they have pay-per-view. Excuse me, pay-per-view. You don't see pay-per-view with Bellator. I think they've done a couple pay-per-views. I don't think they've been that successful. Whereas UFC does a pay-per-view every month. Right. Every month is an enormous pay-per-view. There's world championship fights where you get the best of the best, and everybody knows who they are. It's like Q-tips, NFL, NBA. Like that's MMA at the the highest level. Right. Like you can get cotton swabs at CVS that aren't made by Q-tips. So you, you're asking for Q-tips. Where's the Q-tips? Where's Kleenex? Yeah. Where's the Kleenex? And that, I mean, that's not even the best example, right? Because the Q-tips at, you know, CVS that aren't Q-tips, the cotton swabs are probably just as good. It's not that fucking yeah. hard to have a little stick and little cotton on the end of it. But, but it's the name. To, to get elite world-class fighters to compete in the biggest organization to hold that UFC belt, you know, and have Bruce Buffer say, and no! Yeah. You know, and they put that fucking strap on you, whoa. That's the, the cream of the crop when it comes to combat sports. Well, that's what it is in the PGA. It's like they hold tradition. They're, mm. They've got it by the balls. So yeah. no one will, there's no, uh, it's not accredited. You know, live is for fun. It's for money and fun. Mm -hmm. And I think they're trying to appeal to like a, a new young market. I think they need to do that shit with the crowd. That well, the live is live has live music. They have like it's who has that that one with the crowd. What are, that's a different. That's the thing? PGA. That's the PGA. Yeah, this has got to be the. This is like the one time they kind of let this chaos go. It's because it's in Phoenix. Waste management runs it. It's, Listen, it's a great move. No, it's it's it, well. You should show him a picture of what the 16th hole looks like without those stands. It the, what what they build is mind blowing. The course outside of that looks nothing like that. They build this huge structure. So that that's structure it. they put in temporarily. Yeah, that's gone. Most of the time, it's not there. What? That, that's what it looks like. That enormous structure they built temporarily. Yes. And they keep it, or they take it down. Just for the tournament. They take it down. The moment the tournament's closed, that course goes back to what it looked. Look at the 16th without it. Oh my God, that's insane. Or 17, is it? How many people are in there? I mean, dude, that's got to yeah. be. 
I don't know, thousands, five, for thousands, sure. five thousand, oh, more. Yeah, it looks like more. If that was a show that we were doing together, we'd be like, bro. Just without grandstand, right? Without grandstand. That yeah. looks like thirty, forty thousand to me, man. Look at that's what it looks like, Joe. Without it. <laughs> Whoa. It's nothing. As a time lapse. How many uh, people were there? Google the. Uh, What's the the they, amount the audience size? They, uh, you're allowed to walk in and out of that area. It's not like you need a seat. Yeah, you so don't stay. You can go anywhere on the course. The whole right, day. but how many people get seated by those that that structure they put in place? Wow. How many seats are available? Take a guess. I'm saying forty grand. I would say twenty k. Yeah, it's like fifteen thousand. Fifteen or twenty k is my. It seems more than that, man. It does. It's so There's big. There's a lot of boxes too. They sell those boxes. It's a 16 old. They sell those boxes because people now know how fun it is. Right, but what's the actual number? I don't know that we'll know it. Oh. It changes year to year because they add more people. It's yeah, a, but it's, they have. Okay, let's go the 2021 waste management open crowd size. Yeah, that's yeah. See, okay. There's got to be a way to find it, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it, I they'll they'll give you they'll give you a, a, an estimate of something. They'll give you like usually how many people show up because yeah. they brag about it. Twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. But that's like the whole event. That's not sitting in. That yeah, but I would argue thing. half of them are there. <laughs> yeah, that's probably 10, 20, 10 grand maybe. But what a great idea to get it exciting because that was so much more exciting than a normal well, golf. You should situation. hear when they interview pro golfers. This is only five thousand. Five thousand fans but per that day. That was twenty twenty one. This is when the pandemic was happening. So oh was a right, right, right. The grandstands are non-existent. Uh, pro golfers say that that's the most nervous they are because. People are, it's dead. People talk shit. They're yelling. They're, it's, dude, it's most times, you know, they get this as a yeah. guy that holds up a thing to shut the fuck up. Yeah. There, there's no rules. You, you just I can't. love that. And you know what's so funny? When somebody does get a hole in one like that, they all throw beer. Like you can, he's got pictures of it where they'll throw beer on there, but they don't get kicked out or anything. It's like the one time you're allowed to throw beer. <laughs> okay. So it doesn't look as big as I thought yeah, now. It's not that many. Now there. that I'm seeing it now. No, but that's, that's, the green. that, that, is that last year? Uh, this, I don't know the exact year. Boy, there's a lot of pressure. No, that's 2017. Not, you know, fuck Dude, up and whack someone in the head with yeah, a ball, too. Look sure. at the new one. The new one's fucking huge. The one from last year was massive. Uh, but if you go down, they're building the one here now that doesn't even, so, it's not for 90 days. They're already starting to build top a right, stand. Top right, Jamie, that to, that's from last year. That's way bigger than it was. They're building one here what? They what have a tournament here in Austin, and they're, I've, I just drove by it the other day. They're already starting to build the stands on, like, that's 12, 13, 14. It's a similar area like this. It's not. It's definitely not quite as loud or anything like that. But they're building it now. And it's not. It's in the end of March, I think, is when they're here. It's fun. Dude, I like they, that they, idea, it, man. This, That's this a great idea. You want to go to this? You and I can go. It's when in, is it? It's in a couple. It's in like three Super weeks. Bowl weekend, yeah. Let's go. You want to go to Phoenix and go have fucking fun? I might want to go to that. When I was in, I might want to. When go I was at that. ASU, we used to go to this. And if you're a student, you get cheap tickets, and we would go there and party our fucking face. I mean, it's basically like, you know. It's a, it's a, nobody's there to watch golf. Everyone's right. there to have a good time. It's, it's like the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. yeah. It's a party. It's everybody's party. Do they gamble? Oh, fuck yeah. So people gamble on the matches? So on that particular hole, what's really fun is people will gamble on like closest to the pin, you know, but you're doing it with buddies. Like they'll oh, go, the next right, foursome right, that's right. up. Right. Is there's there Phil. He's got nine iron again. It's exactly what he hit at 12, which was awesome. This is before he went over to live. Yeah. This is a long time ago. That is fucking crazy. And this only happens at the Waste Management Open? Mm -hmm. Wow. I don't understand why they don't do it more. It doesn't make any sense to me as a new person who's gotten into this. Like, 
why every single event doesn't have one hole like this. I well, don't I'll go back. That's the move, I, right? Yeah, I don't know. I'll go back to what I said, dude. It's, it's like old white guess, guy yeah. bullshit. It, it, okay, so in Liv, not like this is a selling point, they get to wear shorts. Are you working for Liv? Yeah, I work for Liv. <laughs> it's uh, they wear bowl. shorts? Everyone's got to wear pants. They no have to wear pants. It it's the middle of fucking summer sometimes, and they have to wear pants. Liv lets them wear shorts, which that's like an old, that, that's my point. Right. Why does the PGA give a fuck? Why do they give a fuck? Because it's tradition. They want they like they mm, because that's why you get that stupid jacket when you win. That's tradition. Though well, that's a, that is a very cool jacket. It's green. I will take that fucking fuck jacket. Off. How much would you want one of those? Would fucking you buy jackets? that normally? Would you normally no, buy a green you jacket? You can't buy that. No, but I mean, why would you want a green jacket? Because nobody buys green jackets. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. As I wear a green T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. No, but it's uh, at the end of the day, those guys, will, I, in my opinion, will be. Uh, what do you think? Don't you think they'll come back from live? I think it'll be a short-lived, fun, fucking money grab, and it'll be done. It would be really cool. I mean, every league that we've watched now was probably now a conglomeration of what they were. The NFL was AFC, NFC. Was yeah, two of course. Conferences. They came together to do something. We we're something we were just talking about recently. Oh, there's a pickleball league starting. That was two different leagues that are right. joining up to make a new pickleball league. That's completely different than this, but yes, it seems like it will be a benefit in the long run. I don't know how it can hurt. I wonder if someone's thinking about doing that with MMA. Like a, a bigger company that has tons more money, capital. Well, you'd have to have so much more money. Well, Saudis. Because <laughs> yeah. contracts. So. Because the UFC, yeah. they purchased the UFC for $4 billion. It's and a couple I think of it's worth 10 now. Oh, I think it's valued at 10 now. And, you know, they picked it up, and right when they picked it up, the pandemic hit, and Dana White kept the fights rolling. So the fights were rolling on yeah. while there was nothing else going on in the world of sports, and they were playing them at the apex. So they fought at the – the UFC had their own arena. They put together a COVID bubble. Everybody got tested. You got tested before you got on your flight. You got tested when you got there. You got tested the day of the event. They tested the shit out of everybody. And no audience. And they had world championship fights with no audience. And an octagon that's 40% smaller than the regular octagon. Why? Because it's smaller for the building. They decided oh, to make a, oh. a smaller, they always had a smaller octagon. Like we, when we used to do fights at the Palms, we used to do like uh, fight nights or when they used to do like the finals of um, the Ultimate Fighter, they would have them at the Palms and they'd have them in a small cage. Mm -hmm. And then they decided they kind of liked the small cage because the Palms was a small place where we would do it at. When we did fight, see if you find fights at the Palms. I saw kickboxing at the Palms. I saw glory there. I saw a bunch of shit at the Palms. The Palms was a great spot. And they used to um, they used to have comedy like Cat Williams performed there. They had comedy there too. It was this amazing little arena at the Palms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was real intimate there. Which you go to see fights. I mean, I want to say there's just a few thousand people there. That's a cool looking room. Yeah. So that's the Pearl at the Palms. And the way that's set up, that's different than the way the UFC was set up. The way the UFC was set up was like that in the center. Everybody and that's a around. tinier. That's tinier than normal. Yes, it's a small. That's a small octagon. That's a forty percent smaller octagon in the apex. I think it's the same size as the one that they use at the Palm. I'm not exactly sure, but a lot of fighters do not like it. Guys who move around a lot, a lot like uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley, does not want to be at the apex. He I love wants you. To move I, around. I love you, Joe Rogan. I've seen that. That, that somebody with a. Col uh, <laughs> That collab of him just going, I yeah. love you, Joe Rogan. I love him. I love you too, buddy. It's, it makes amazing. me laugh. Yeah, no, he's fucking awesome to watch. Yeah, I interviewed him when he had a broken foot when he was on his back. He, yeah. He broke his foot. What's that foot? There's a really bad foot break, and Liz he was Frank. out for, Liz Frank, he was out for two years. He snapped the bone in the middle of his foot, 
It's yeah. called Liz Frank. It's called the Liz Frank um, injury. Yeah, it's not like a name. It's all. It's like all L I S F R A N C. Oh, Liz Frank. Uh, this on the screen, Joe. This is the arena that they're showing that uh, this new indoor golf thing is going to happen next year. Whoa! It's going to be at night, an arena type thing where everyone's yelling. Fuck yeah! You hit into back here. Like you hit into the sim, like me and Andrew were doing back in the other room. So is this the PGA as well? This is going to. This is. I don't think it's the PGA. All I've heard is it's Tiger Woods and Roy McIlroy have put this together. Well, with the PGA's uh, their logo is this on the logo's it, on it. It's so. not called PGA. It's called TGL or. It's also been unannounced fully. They've they've just uh, hinted at what's going to happen here or how it's going to work. We don't really know. It's like eight players are going to show up. What are those, what are those numbers? Four hundred sixty six yards. What does that mean? That's how long that's the how hole far is. He hit, yeah, that, that's how far he could drive. How it. far he has left? Probably. Oh right. So it says he, it says yeah. It says number one. He's at four sixty six yards for the hole. So yes. like they'll be in the back and they'll hit their first one or two shots into that giant screen and then come and finish. On the green. On the green. And that's probably amazing. Change a little bit. Now is Tiger back with his leg injury? This no. allows him to compete. I mean, he, yeah, but he's not gonna, you know. We've seen we've seen the best we ever we're gonna see from him, and I think, uh, you know, how fucked up is his leg? I mean, it's bad. So you can tell when he swings, it looks different. I mean, his son is the one to look for. Have you seen? What his, is? Yeah, I've seen his son. His son looks incredible. Unreal. Let me see what it looks like when he swings now. Show like Tiger Woods drive. Yeah, there's got to be. I bet you there's a video of him. Before and after. I mean, he just had to change everything because his, 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 he's, and you can tell when he walks, he's in fucking pain. Like, you can just right. tell he's just in pain. And like, that poor guy, he's had like addictions to pain pills in the past. Yeah, fuck yeah. So, is this him here? Yeah. Oh, this was the most recent. This thing is on the, done. yeah, the this thing they did. The match. That looks pretty fucking good. Yeah, he's good. Okay. No, he's that, still, he's still got it without that looks a doubt. pretty fucking good. He's still Tiger Woods. That still he's, looks fucking amazing. He can't walk. He just can't walk, issue. is what I mean. So, like, yeah. his. Really? And so he can do that because he can just d deal with the pain. He does, yeah. And then he when he walks, so what is it like when he walks? Well, part of that traditional he, thing he, he's saying. He gets to ride in a cart for this, and part of the thing that he's about to tell you is a big beef with the PGA is you have to have a medical exemption under wild circumstances like this to be able to have a cart during a real event. Right. These, you Otherwise, have to he would walk. have to walk you miles. You must walk, yeah. Right. Mm, that's kind of crazy, too, that you have to walk. But does it is it fair that he has a medical exemption? Did they let all these other guys do it as well because he does it? Well, this is just during it. This is not a real tournament. This is like a for fun. Capital One sponsors this. It goes to charity. So, you know what I mean? Like right, they got their Under Armour logos. But and... in in play, like in a tournament play of a real PGA match, he, he they can't have carts. No. Mm, okay. So even him, he could. So he, every all the players are saying, "Tiger, please come play with us. Ask for this exemption. They will probably give it to you." And he's like, "Nope." He Who is he want. talking to on the phone? Uh, they have Charles Barkley and the people on the... Yeah, he's, talk, he's talking to us. He, I hate to say it, but I'm going to admit it. He's probably talking shit to him. He finally did it yeah. a, couple, a few weeks ago, and uh, he, uh, I spun one. He tomahawked one and got me. So Which, uh, He hasn't beat me yet. This is another so thing Liv Golf does. Go with that. <laughs> they have mics on so you can hear the golfers talking to their caddies and stuff, and the PGA oh. doesn't really allow that either. Trev, I hate to say it, but I'm going to admit it. That's pretty cool. That's pretty neat, yeah. A few weeks ago. You get insight that you don't get. But, like, he looks good golfing, and he's been pretty competitive when he's gotten to What does it look like when he walks? He's walking. Yeah. Well, show him with his match with his son that they just did. Um, okay. Do they show him walking around? Yeah. And, you can hard and they keep commenting that he's in pain, and you can tell, dude. I mean, he's a tough motherfucker. This dude is tough as shit. He's just going through. You can tell he's just walking through the pain. But you could tell when he'll hobble, he'll kind of like make a face. And that's a couple of years ago, this injury, right? Mm, two years ago, right, when the car crash was? Yeah, here's him walking at the British Open last year. This is a long walk. I mean, he, we, we don't see him see limping. It. Oh, sorry. Shit. You can see him limping here. 
This is after a full. Yeah, round. you see how his right leg kind of bows in. Mm. I mean, he look, see right there. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just—it's yeah. you can tell that he's kind of he's bowing, he's ba he's like putting all of his weight on one hip. Not bad. Yes, yeah, it's, it's we're really pulling hairs here, but I just trust him. He's like, I can't do it. And it's like, well, well, see, that's what I'm saying. We say <laughs> not bad. You know the truth, right? You know pro athletes, right? They're, they're just tough. They just tough. He's like, fuck it. Yeah. I'm just gonna do it. I don't care. And yeah. This is also like a historical thing. It's the 150th British Open. He made a big effort just to get to be able to do this. So he probably worked for months. Just people to can tolerate pain, man, at, at, at incredible levels. You know, when I had David Goggins on, <sighs> David guy. Goggins explained the operation that he had to get done on his knee yeah. because he has no cartilage in his knees. It's bone on bone. He runs like and a thousand miles a day. His doctor mean, said, I can't believe you can walk in this knee. Yeah. I, 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 never mind run thousands of miles. And it's just pure will. Just yeah. pure will and the overcoming of pain. And because there's just bone on bone, the bone was all distorted and fucking gr overgrowth and shit Blech. to try to deal with all this inflammation. So then they had to cut his bone and slide it down to make an even <laughs> flat joint. That's nuts. And still, even then, he's just bone on bone. He's still running. Still running. Dude's nuts. That's great. I mean, that's still fucking. Running. running the Bigfoot 240. What is that? 238 miles. No thanks. Yeah. No he thanks. He ran the Moab. That's what he ran. The Moab 240. Yeah. The, I think the Bigfoot's 200. Do you run? No. Yeah. No. I hurt my knee a couple of times. And uh, I've been over the last, like, uh, say, seven or eight months, I don't even kick the bag anymore. I've been dealing with it. I had an M MCL tear. Hmm. Um, and, uh, I rehabbed it and I st got stem cell shot into it, but my dumbass kept going back to working out like throwing kicks. And every time I would go to Muay Thai and every time I'd hit the pads, I'd never hit them light. I'd start hitting them light and then I'd want to whack. <laughs> I want to feel that fucking whack. It's just too much fun. Yeah, it it's, is. It's, it's too much fun to be able to do that. To be able to really kick hard is so fun. It's so fun. Well, it looks fun. It's fun. But see, I would look like what 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 you look like swinging a golf club. I look like kicking a, kicking a fucking bag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you could learn it. It's you know, it's yeah, a with time. But it's a thing that when you get it to the level where I can do it, it's so unusual to to, to be able to generate that kind of power. Yeah. So when I step up to a heavy bag, it's just my automatic instinct is just to fucking dig my toes in. What? I just want to fucking <laughs> torque my body and swing my hips in yeah. and tighten up my abs and whoomp. It's exciting. No more, though. I, I can still do it. I just have to wait a little while. It's much, much, much better. My knee doesn't give me any pain anymore. Uh, this hunting season in the mountains, no pain at all. I've been doing this knees over toes uh, rehabilitation. You ever heard of that guy, knees over toes guys on Instagram? No. He's an expert in uh, re. Well, he's a, a fitness trainer, and he figured he had a, a bunch of injuries himself from playing basketball, and to the point where they were saying, like, "Look, you're too fragile. Your knees keep fucking up. You're you're never gonna be able to play." Right. And so he figured out ways to strengthen and rehabilitate his knees, and he developed this knees over toes program. It's a scalable program. You start off with just like walking backwards and pulling a light sled backwards and doing certain things till you. Get Get to the point where you can 
you can have strength in a full range of motion with your knees doing things like oh, that. Oh, dude, I like have seen this guy. guy. Yeah. I've seen him. Yeah, that's Amazing. fucking insane. And if you can get to that, and he, it, it's it's not like a trick. He has a, vi like, look, walking backward on a treadmill, doing tibia raises, and it's all to strengthen the muscles around the knee and the stabilizing muscles of the knee, which most people are very weak in. You know, people have, like, strong quads, but they don't have the, the, the exercises in their repertoire that d develops all the muscles around the knee. And this yeah. guy's developed this whole program. It's really amazing. So I do all his stuff. Yeah, I do a lot does. of stuff on a slant board. I do uh, squats, like air squats and then weighted squats on a slant board. And I have this uh, thing that I use for my legs uh, from a place called, I think it's called Animal House Fit fitness and it's called a monkey foot and it clamps onto a barbell you strap it onto your shoe and it clamps onto a barbell so you or a dumbbell rather so you could pick up dumbbells with your foot <laughs> so you could do knee raises and leg yeah. curls and leg extensions and really strengthen all the muscles around your knee and around you you know your hip flexors because like lifting leg lifting with your legs this way like a reverse squat is another an excellent way to develop speed and power so this is this company, uh, Animal House Fitness, and they've, they sent me these. these. These are fucking amazing. I, I bring these on the road with me. I bring one of those things because if I go to a small gym, I can still get a really good leg workout. And that, that's one thing that I do that really works well with the, those hip muscles and stabilizing muscles. But there's another thing you do where you take a cable pulling machine and you attach the straps to your insteps, and then you pull with your your uh, your feet mm. forward towards your chest. So like a reverse squat. Yeah. So instead of like lifting weights by pushing up off the ground, you're pulling it towards you. Phenomenal for your abs. It's like one of the best ab workouts. Think about knee raises, but think about knee raises times 10. So, you know, I'm doing this with 100 pounds for 10 reps. And it really builds the strength in your ab muscles and your hip flexors. And you tie it into your shoes like this. So you, you pull that thing down, you cinch it up, and then you back up, and then you're just using the muscles. See, but it looks like he's doing it, the, just the regular ones at the gym. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I use. I use a, a regular pulley machine at the gym with those straps. So I do it with the monkey feet, but I also do it with that. So you're developing muscles, and it's phenomenal for kicking, too, because the, the hip flexors and all these muscles at the top of the, the thighs, like those, don't, they don't get worked out with weights very often. So you really develop those by hit, hitting a bag, which is the best way to develop, like, technique, but you can develop additional power by doing that. You ever want to kick anybody anymore? Sure. Of course. Well, why, you you? why don't you, why you kick, kick somebody? somebody? If why I could I kick like you, I'd love to kick them. Yeah, then they kick you back. I don't think anybody. I don't think you're worried about anybody kicking you. I'm worried about people kicking people Who? like me. Yeah, but that's not a lot of use, but dude. If, but if I was going to fight someone, I'd fight someone like me, and then they would kick me the way I'd want to kick them. Like, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks, dude. No thanks. That's the rule of life. Fuck that. Yeah, no. He's going to kick me like I kick him. Fuck that. Fuck that. Yeah. No, and but, there's also guys break their legs kicking people. You know, someone checks it and you catch your shin the wrong way, it snaps in half. Let's say let's say there's a guy that's your size, your size guy. All circumstances are gone as far as who you are in, in the world of fame and getting in trouble. And this guy wants to fight. I don't want to hurt anybody. I know. But let's just say a guy wants to fight you. And you can. Because of the bubble that we're in in my mental mind, there's no trouble that's going to happen. 
Are you going to punch this guy first or kick him first? What's your first well, shot? You, it would completely depend upon the circumstances. He, he's completely depend upon how much room you have to move around in. Yeah. How much danger you're in. This whether room. or not you could just grab him. He walks in here. If I grab, I would rather grab somebody. If I grab someone, I can contain them. To like and get them to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. All right. Well, okay, yeah. let's just say it's just punch or kick. What are you doing first? Depends on the circumstances. Depends on how far the person is from you. <laughs> Jamie's Depends laughing. Depends on everything. I know. I knew you were gonna give. Just give me a fucking. Depends give, on everything. Give me an ape answer. Give me a give me a monkey brain answer. Well, if you have to get something done very quickly, yeah, a punch to the face That's is pretty a good. Very quick thing. Okay, so you're gonna um, punch the first. movement from standing talking to someone to punching them in the face is a fraction of a second. Yeah. Bam. If you have a good, clean, straight punch and you know how to throw it fast, yeah, that's a, a. I mean, if you know that you have to hit somebody and you want to hit them before they hit you, that's a good way to go. Okay, I just wanted to know what your instinct was. Yeah. If you had to do it, it's yeah. a punch always. If you're fast, yeah. I just, I, you know, it's what a really, speed you, thing. I just, re I guess it's really. I just want to see you kick somebody. I don't want to see me kick. Somebody. I do. I did it for a long time. It, it's there's a weird bittersweet thing about knocking someone unconscious. It yeah. Doesn't doesn't feel that good. No. You think it feels great. Yeah. It feels very weird. It feels very and it feels like that could have easily been you. Right. And and I watched a lot of my friends get knocked out too. I saw a lot of friends get knocked out where they kind of weren't the same again. They they really never recovered. I saw some people get really badly knocked out, and they were always a little fucking weird afterwards. They were always like something was wrong with them. It, do, it does, yeah, it does, it video? does. Uh oh, what is this one? This is me and Jamie. This, this guy on the left uh, tells this guy, "Is like, you want to lose your kneecap?" Oh no, it's not a good idea to say that. I think. <laughs> Did he kick him in the knees? Uh no. Dude gets knocked out after threatening to break man's kneecap. Well, that was that. I guess that's the end of that. So what did he say? I'm going to break your fucking kneecap? You're going to lose your fucking kneecap. Oh, that guy knows how to fight. Yeah, it was See, pretty good. Because he opens with a left hook. Watch us. He goes, what? So fast. The way he left hooks him, that's a guy that knows how to fight. 100% he's done that to people before. And probably in competition. But that's, got, a, that's a, like, he opens with a left hook. Who opens with a left hook? <laughs> but I got to be honest with you, not like I'm criticizing. Look at how, he kind of like. It's almost like he's, are you talking to me? Yeah, 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 yeah. He like leans into him a little yeah. bit. He's like, I'm going to fucking hit you. He didn't you. have to do that. No, he did not have to do it. But he works at NASA. I just saw on his shirt that he's a NASA guy. Mm -hmm. Well, He's an astronaut. No more rockets for him. Yeah. That's it for well, you, Well, the pal. problem with that is people die. They fall and they hit their head and they die. You that don't guy, want that. He's fighting on a parking lot. You don't want you that. You fall, you bang your head off a curb. That's it. You don't want that. I know. I get that. I remember. I got kicked in the face in college in a fight. Did you? Oh. I kicked you in the face? Well, on the side of, I should Were say the side the of the ground? Yeah. Oh, that's scary. Me and a couple of buddies, we got the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. They remember. They know. Fucking my buddies know. Fucking Colin, Travis. They remember. Uh, bunch of drunk bros, apartment complex. Scottsdale, or, well, by school, it was by ASU. A car, a guy was driving drunk and backed out of a spot, almost hit a girl. Ugh. My buddy was trying to be a hero, oh, protect a girl. No. And all these guys came out. And at first I was like, we don't have to fight these guys. Do we have to fight these guys? And then they started fighting and I was like, I don't want to fight these guys. There were so many more of these guys. I was like, this is not fun. We're going to get fucked up. And, my, and you know, of course your friends are like, don't be a bitch. And you're like, oh, I'm I want to be a bitch. I want to go home. 
And I got oh, kicked in the boy. fucking. It was. It wasn't fair. It was like seven. We were three of us, or what? Four of us, maybe at the most. Oh boy. Yeah, it hurt. Being That's on the ground so hurts. Dangerous. Yeah, I hated it. It's fucking. It sucked. I watched a World Star Hip Hop once where this guy got knocked out, and then everybody ran by and kicked him in the head while yeah, he was unconscious. That I don't like. That stuff. It was so scary. Yucky. Because I was like, as this guy kept getting kicked in the head, I was like, "That's closer to death. That's closer to oh, death." Oh yeah. Easily could have died. Might be dead. I don't even know if the guy lived. Yeah, that's the only thing about when you would let me come see UFC, you know, because admittedly, I don't know enough about it. I'm not, a, I'm not filled in. I love watching it, and I love that you bring me, but I was always like, man, when I saw somebody get worked, I was like, oh, my God, I'm watching part of his life leave him. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. <laughs> watching a couple of years well, go by. if you're watching a guy like Khabib Nurmagomedov just smash some guy, get oh, on top dude. of him and smash him, you're you're watching with each subsequent elbow, which eat, with each punch, which yeah. you, you're closer to death. You can. You're not going to answer this. How much longer do you think you'll you'll announce UFC? That's a good question. I don't know. I thought about it because I'll always be a fan. I always watch it, and I do enjoy commenting. But it is kind of weird that I still do it. It's it's a weird gig. Do you, you love know? it still? I love it. Love it. When the fights are going on, and I got my fucking suit on in there, and I'm sitting there, and I'm all excited, <laughs> I'm filled up with Monster Energy drinks. I'm fired up. I will man. say, as your friend, it's so funny, like being friends with you and watching. What people don't know or don't get to feel is when we when we go to like the thing together, and like you getting excited and getting ready, your energy is much different than when you and I are going to do a show. Oh it's, yeah, it's totally different. Well, it's just like it's it's cool to see because your process is totally different. But it's just you're a different you than when you and I are traveling and doing a show. Same kind of intensity that you're bringing to stand up. Just a it's a different vector of the. Well, of it's the certainly brain. Di it's certainly different than that. I never try to be funny. I'm not trying well, to be yeah, funny no, at all. No. Like, but remember when Dennis Miller did Monday Night Football? Yeah, He tried to do a Bombed. bunch of one-liners. People were like, get that fucking guy out of here. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's bad. There's a time and a place for jokes. You know, there's, I've had some funny moments where some shit happened, and right. I, I crack a joke about something, but it's it's rare. And it's always just, it, it can't be, a, like there was one time this guy dropped a bag of ice in the middle of the octagon on this guy's head. Like and the the ice fell everywhere and they didn't they've panicked and they just ran out of there. There, I mean, I'm like yelling out, "Clean it up! Get back in there! <laughs> Clean the fucking what ice. are you doing?" It was, <laughs> it's kind of like a famous clip because it was so ridiculous because these guys like had tried to oh, the ice spill. The ice spill. <laughs> That's a fucking clip. So it's in the middle of this fight in Sydney, Australia. Problem. Yep, Someone nope. spilled the ice in the octagon. That's a big problem. That's a lot of ice. So it's Melvin Gillard. Look at all that ice. Our guys are working it. This is a disaster. Oh no, this is good. Look at that. They knocked the bucket over. This is the three stooges. What are you freaks doing? Everybody's booing. Now there's even more pressure. Oh, they're, now they're sweeping it out. That's good. Put it on the side and watch Ariani fall on her head. You know what? This is Joe Rogan doing play-by-play -play of ice yeah, being still spilled ice. inside the octagon. It's still too much. Get the back. Get back in there. You're not done. This guy's all over the floor. What are these guys? <laughs> they, yeah, those no, guys we, bailed. There's a hundred pieces of ice still on the floor. And these guys just scrambled out okay. because of the pressure. We need a Zamboni. Oh, uh, let's it take is. a look. look. Let's take a look at it. Watch it. Here's the bag. They get it on top of Hanis Torres' back. And watch the sucker open up. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, what a disaster. There's ice everywhere. There. Those corner men, someone needs to kick I their ass. I can't fight. And Hanis is <laughs> <laughs>
So that was a rare time where yeah. I'm fucking around. Where you joking around? But it's like just me and my boy Mike Goldberg watching this fucking disaster right. take place. I have to make fun of it. Well, what do you? Do? What else could you have done? I you, can't do anything. Yeah, you can't. You can't. You can't go back. It's it. It did. Not to fucking tease those poor dudes, but that guy you could tell inside was like, fuck, you're fucking it up, dude. You're fucking it up. You yeah. could tell he was fumbling. He kept, like, it was like, you knew he kept fucking it up. His mind. So much pressure. So much pressure. Full T Mobile Arena, wherever the fuck it was. <laughs> Full pack house at the MGM. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, but most of the time when I'm doing it, I'm just, I'm trying to just do my best to explain what's happening and to give life to it, you know? It, it, it's, it, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see. As your buddy, how, what's the next, uh, what's your next, you know, moving here was a big thing. The club is a big thing. You know, what's your next thing? Nothing. Nah, just there's do, something. Do stand up, do this. Fucking lie. No, Something's coming. Nothing. What are you talking I about? Think you, I think you're a guy who forever will want to be building something or growing something or making something or changing something. So I think, I think whether you know it or not, you're going to keep, this was unexpected. You weren't supposed to come to Austin. It wasn't like a thing you said 30 years ago. We're like, and then I got to get LA. I'm going to Austin. This happened. I think there are things because of who you are. Shit's going to continue to happen and things will continue to change and you'll build and grow and open up something else and change something else. I know it. Mm. You're not a sit still guy. Fuck that. You I'm not sitting still. I'm just doing what I like to do. I found what I like to do. And That's I what do I mean. those things. By way of, I do think other things will organically happen and change and you know. Maybe. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying it. Fuck that. What about you? They moved to New York? Move to New York is going to be big. You know, this is a, it's a weird beginning of the year. I, you know, I put the special out on Netflix. I have a movie that comes out in like a day that I have a couple of parts in. Another movie that's... What's the movie? It's called House Party. They remade House Party. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm the white. Show the fucking, show the poster. I'm the white. There are no, I am the white. They pay, it's like... A bunch Was it of, fun? I had a good time, but I'm barely I'm barely in it. But they put me on the poster because I'm the goofy white neighbor, and you know you look like this. It's like a sea of Did cool. Did you get to see any look at of my the filming? Look at me, dude. Ah, oh, look at you! <laughs> wow. It, yeah, it's out on Friday. So who put this together? Well, I mean, uh, a kid and play. Look well, kid, at that. kid and play. Kid doesn't kid do stand up still? That I don't know. I think he does. I have no idea. He started doing stand up. Remember. He did a few movies and then he was doing stand up. Like he, back in the day or now? Like in the nineties? Yeah, I don't think I don't know if he's still doing it now. Is fine if he's still doing stand up. He might be still doing stand up. He might just be hitting the road. But LeBron's production company put it on. Um yeah, I mean I got asked to do it and they were like, Will you play this fun neighbor that harasses these two young black kids? And I was like, <laughs> You better believe it. <laughs> so what do you want me to play my dad? Yeah, I was like, no. So I just I so just So you did that, you got another movie coming out? An, an indie movie that's a, a small little baby thing, and then in the Dave, the third season of that show comes out in March, and then my Netflix special. So it's like the beginning of the year has a lot of happening, and I'm like that's why I'm like, I want to see what happens. Go to New York and have a little change and see what, what makes of it. I like it. Mix it up. You got to change it up, man. Mix it up. Change Gio! it up. Maybe I'll move here. Maybe you move here. Maybe. Once the club opens up, I'm going to try to lure you. I was going to say, we'll see. When that club's open, it'll change everything. Also, I try I, to draw you in. Then I got some competition down here with Jamie now that he's fucking got his little yeah. track man out there. Well, at least oh. in the driving, but I don't think Jamie yeah, can compete with you in the rest of the I got golf a lot game. of work to go. I'll, I'll, I'll help you out a little bit. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll put some puzzle pieces together. Just some simple bets. Yeah, just some tiny stuff. A couple hundred grand. I was, yeah, we were talking about it before. You know, Jordan bets like a hundred grand a hole. What? Mm. Charles Barkley just did an interview where he was saying how like him and he doesn't do that. Like him and Jordan bet for 
couple hundred bucks. But Jordan, what was it? He, it's printed out somewhere in an article that he said the most he saw, I think, was 100 Gs or 200 Gs a hole or something like that. I don't even remember what it was. Yeah, you don't want to fucking play Jordan. Even if you're good. Even so if you're it's good. $180,000 a game, right, if you're doing 18 holes? Well, it depends on if you're doing skins or, like, if you carry over. Some people don't do carry over, right? Like, if you push a hole, some people push the hole. But I imagine he carries over. So, yeah, I guess you'd, yeah. Well, he, the, the problem with that is he's a billionaire. Too much. That's he's what Charles was saying. He's so like, it doesn't money. matter to him. It doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't think about it. What's a hundred grand to Michael Jordan? What's it? That's exactly what Charles said. Hell on the radio, but screw it. I think it's it's Jeremy Roenick that's telling this story. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The hockey player. This is a crazy story. It's two minutes long. I think it's worth playing right okay. now. Okay. Um, uh, back in back in the nineties, when the when the Bulls were on fire, um, this was like end of the season for us, end of the season for them. I get a call from Michael. Meet meet me at Sunset Ridge. Early, we're going to go play play 18 holes. I, we didn't have a game. We had actually had a day off. So I meet him at Sunset Ridge. Big old Greg Kunkel, who's one of the best best people in golf here in Chicago. I got to mention Greg uh, at Sunset Ridge. So we went, we we played around, beat him for a couple thousand, and I'm getting ready to leave. Now, Bulls are playing that night. They play Cleveland <laughs> that night. So I'm, I'm thinking he's leaving. It's 10 o'clock. He's like, no, let's go play again. So he goes and we, we fill up a bag full of ice and Coors Light and... We walk again. <laughs> we we roll around another eighteen. And I take him for another couple, and couple. Uh, yeah. And, and now we've been drinking all afternoon. Now he's getting going from Sunset Ridge to the stadium to play a game. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, mess, I'm like messing around. I'm like, I'm gonna call my bookie, and I'm I'm a yeah, all the money you that you just lost to me. I'm putting on Cleveland tonight. <laughs> he goes, I'll tell you what. He goes, he goes, you. I'll I'll bet you that we win by 20 points and I have more than 40. I'm like done. Son of a gun goes out, scores 52 and they win by 26 or something after 18 holes of golf. And 36 wow. holes. Of golf. 30, uh, 36 and holes of golf and and having like maybe 10 Bud Lights. The man, the man, Michael Jordan to me is probably the best athlete that I've ever seen, that I've ever been around and watched play and. You know the way he presented himself and played the game, and I what, mean, just amazing. What wow. year was that? That would have been ninety-two. Ninety-two. So early. Super, wow. Superhuman. So crazy. Wow. I'm Ten so, beers. Dude, <laughs> so tired playing one round with like three beers and a shot. Ten beers, thirty-six holes, and then he scores fifty-two points. Superhuman. <laughs> Not the only time he did that too. Not the only time he did it before the finals. He played uh, John Stockton. There's stories of him trying well, to beat down opponents right. playing golf. There's rumors. Oh there's God. tons of there's tons of different like rumor stories about he could fucking go out all night, drink, hang out, have fun, wake up, you know, at fucking five six in the morning, work out, go play a game, and score just as many as he would if he wasn't fucking blacked out the night before. <sighs> Didn't affect him. Wow. Superhuman shit, dude. That guy was a super. It's just he was he he's one of those guys where I'm sure all of the lore is real. Where you're mm. like every story where someone's like really it's like I I bet. I bet you. Isn't it amazing that even amongst the most hyper competitive elite athletes, there's one that just stands out? Oh, dude, he, yeah. Just stands out as the freak of all freaks. Yeah, dude. Isn't, I love that there's things like that. Yeah. I love that there's people. I love the people that defy all the logic. Yeah. You know, like I love, even though people hate Floyd Mayweather, I love Floyd Mayweather. Oh, uh, he's so entertaining. I, I love the fact this guy is almost 50 years old. And he's still like taking pictures with all his watches. <laughs> yeah, when I go on a trip for ten days, 
I bring 10 watches. I love it. If I go on a trip for 20 days, I bring 10 more watches. <laughs> if it's a 30-day trip, I'll bring out the biggest of the big. And he pulls out like this fucking million-dollar watch is covered in diamonds. Yeah. It's fucking insane. But he was on a thing. Uh, <laughs> I, there was like an interview where they were like, how much is that watch worth? And he's like, $500,000. And they were like, well, and he's like, I don't, I don't know if that was what it was. But then he's like, I made $5 million today. And they're like, really? He's like, today, just now. I think I made $5 million. It's like, he's such a like an entertainer. It, 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 it doesn't even matter what's true or not. It's Well, it's also fun. what he can do. Look at all that. But it's also <laughs> what he can do as an athlete. Yeah. I mean, the fact that the guy is still making millions and millions of dollars fighting people who have no business fighting him, including Logan Paul. Yeah. He fights a guy that's 200 pounds, a young, big, brutish big athlete. He's a big fella. Yeah. I mean, he's 200 plus. And, I would and, say 220. He's a big kid. I mean, I don't know what he had to weigh in at. I don't uh, know yeah. what the deal was. But Floyd never fought more than 154 in his life. He's not a big guy. He never fought middleweight or light heavyweight. Certainly didn't fight a heavyweight. Yeah. And Logan was huge. Yeah, it's not. When a... You see the two of them in the in the ring together. You're like, oh my god, this is crazy. What he said, 190, basically 189 and a half. Floyd, Floyd weighed 155, and Logan weighed 190. I tell you, I stood next to that kid. I, wow. I went and did his show. And why does it say one eight nine one and a half? I don't know. One one eighty nine. It must be one eighty nine. Yeah, I think the way that they got the one, they just missed four. Yeah, one eighty nine and a half. Which is he probably had to dry himself out to to make that way. He's bigger than that. Yeah. When you I stood know? next to him, he's a big kid. Yeah. Like, so he's big. The fact that Floyd, obviously, he's not nearly as skilled as Floyd Mayweather. Oh, but it's a different but world. But the fact that Floyd Mayweather said, fuck it, I'll fight that <laughs> big dude. <laughs> you ever see when Shaq fought Oscar De La Hoya? Look, look at the size at difference. That. The size difference is fucking insane. But that's Floyd. I mean, and I don't know how much money he made from that, but I think he still owes Logan Paul money. Wait, Isn't really? Like, yeah, there's some sort of a lawsuit. I don't know if it's a dispute. I don't know who's right. So, but there is some sort of a lawsuit where you know he claims that he still owes millions of dollars. I like the word dispute. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. No, you know, I, you, <laughs> with with promotions and stuff like that, is like, is yeah. it based on pay per view points? We promised a certain amount, and you didn't get it. Did they not sell as many pay per views as they yeah, thought they were? I don't, you know, I don't know how that this, all works. Uh, this, I want to just tell you this that because you said that it reminded me. My childhood best friend told me a story one time. He was on the train in Chicago, and this guy. This guy sees a guy he you know he recognizes from across the train. He's like, "Yo, what the fuck is up?" And he's yeah, they're yelling across. People goes, "What the fuck is up with you?" And he's like, "Not the man." And they're chatting across the train. My my buddy said he was like standing in between them, and they're you know yelling over people. And then one guy goes, "Hey man, how's whatever his name? You know, how's Marco?" And the other guy goes, "He's dead." And he goes, "Damn, what happened to him?" And the other guy goes, "It was a dispute." And he was like, all word? Okay. <laughs> like the most generic, like, a dispute. Uh, a, it was a dispute. <laughs> like, and he understood it. He was like, uh-huh. That's I'll, a good way to handle that. Ask no more questions. It was a dispute. That's yeah. a funny way that you would only talk in a crowded room when you're yelling over people. Yeah. He's not going to give any more information. He was like, right. it was a dispute. Yeah. yeah. He no longer is with us. <laughs> it's interesting that it didn't go towards each other. No, dude. They that they're on a crowded ass train. They just were fucking yelling at each other. I think it's. I I just think like uh, that city culture that I do love that I'm missing. That's why I want to go somewhere else. Mm. I like the fucking buzz and the. I like being annoyed. 
<laughs> I like Schultz does too. I like being annoyed. Schultz told me that when he went to Miami, he was worried he was going to get soft. It's boring. They had too much fun down there. Oh, it's just boring. It's it's almost like there is no. It's like L.A. is that to me too. Now it's like, uh, yeah, there's not enough humming. I want more hum. I want more mm. of a hum. I just want to feel the hum of of people and bullshit and be pissed off. And Are you going to hop around and go from club to club, do like five sets a night. Like I'm going to. Well, do. I think you know. Look, I, the, the seller's been really good to me, and so. I definitely will go over there for sure. The stand, I, I've popped in a few times. I, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not filled in enough about where I need to be going. So right. I'll figure it out. But the seller's always really been really good to me. That's exciting. Yeah, man, I'm excited. I like it. I like the idea. Me too, Ari babe. needs a buddy too. Yeah, he does. He needs he does. friends. He needs a sensible friend. He can't just talk to his fucking dog all day. He makes out with his dog. You ever see that? Yeah, I don't like that shit. It's gross. I've had conversations. I don't. I, this is. He does it in front of you. He does it on the air. He did it on, during the podcast. It's weird Ugh. white people shit. Letting your dog yes. lick your mouth. I don't like oh, that. He, Fuck that. They, he encourages it. I'll hug my dog. I love my oh. dog. Doesn't I, lick my, my mouth. My dog gives me kisses, but they're on my face. Yeah, not in, in yeah. my mouth. He no. opens his mouth like a psycho yeah. and lets it lick the roof of his mouth. And he thinks it's funny. And I kind of want him to get really sick. <laughs> I want, this dog's gonna be eating shit in I want, the parking I want him park to get somewhere. Yeah, some bacteria oh, from, from the park in his mouth I read about a lady who had to get her arm amputated because her dog licked her and she got madly infected well, <laughs> yeah why are you don't but don't let it lick your an open orifice That I think last time I did the podcast which was a while ago we watched that woman who don't let the wolves lick her mouth. Do you remember oh, that woman? Yeah. Oh. That fucking crazy one. That she would like open her mouth and, oh. and wolves would like, oh. Oh, it was wild. You know she lets those wolves fuck her. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Woman has her hands and legs amputated after dog licks her. The symptoms are so rapid in progression. There was nothing they could do, family says. Except, uh, except tell her to stop letting dogs lick her fucking mouth. That's what you could do that. Let's, this is a PSA. They didn't cut her head off. I don't think it was her arms. <laughs> yeah, but how does it infect you? I don't know. Just man. saliva? It's got to get in. Yeah, it has to be some yeah, toxic saliva. shit in the dog's saliva. Just yeah. on her skin. That's all it was. Well, think about if a, what if a dog goes out and, and dogs can eat all kinds of stuff. I know, but this sounds like one of those stories where she doesn't want to tell everyone the truth. <laughs> <laughs> where where they're like, story, man. they're like, Mary, what? Where did she lick? She's like, just, just, just on my arm. It's like, just mm. on your arm. Mm. Really? How many women throughout history have put peanut butter on their pussy? I think I, I think an endless amount, and we'll never know. We'll they'll, never know. They'll never admit it. Probably feels amazing. <laughs> If you had a clit and yeah, a dog dude. was licking it, it probably feels amazing. I love it. You know? Probably feels really so muscular good. and big. The tongue is enormous. Yeah. Slop, slop. Yeah. Especially you got a, like a Rottweiler. Yeah. Woo! They probably... Oh, yeah. my God. The dog doesn't know anything's wrong. You know? It's someone, like no one, no victims. Someone at PETA right now is... There's no victim. <laughs> losing their mind. Dog likes peanut butter. You like getting your pussy licked. What the fuck's the problem? What are you going to do? What are you going to do about that? <laughs> Andrew Santino, I think we did more than three hours. We did, I uh, think. Where we at? Hmm? Yes. 320. Well, 320. I love you, Joe Rogan. I love you too, buddy. And uh, Cheeseburger, it's available right now on Netflix. It's fucking hilarious. Your new shit is hilarious too. Thank the you, man. The new shit you did last night, very funny. Thanks for having me. I You're really appreciate man. it. I love you to death. I love you, man. All right, bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.